And welcome to the New Age Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White. And with me today, actually, for, the, for one of the first times ever, well, it's not one of the, the first time, but one of the first times, I actually get to use that with me today. Uh, we have our regular all-knowing boxing brain, Martin Theobald. Where? All-knowing is <laughs> a bit, bit all-encompassing for my liking. But. And Mr. Linus Udofia. Hello. <laughs> That's the campest. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? It's a man yeah, in fight well. mode. How are you? Good, thank you. Very, very good. Glad to have you in. It's uh, a privilege and a pleasure. We'll have Linus going through all of the previews coming up this weekend, including, of course, the Eubank Grows Biggie. Because <clears> Terry's <throat> unwell, so uh, we needed somebody to fill that seat. Somebody handsome. Somebody articulate and well-spoken. Why did they we... weren't available? So hey, <laughs> <got> Linus. <laughs> um, have you done anything exciting this weekend, Martin? No, I've chilled, man. I've had uh, wife's been away at dancing things, so nothing of interest. Saving it all up for next weekend when we go on the piss up in Manchester. Mm, yeah, Linus. What about yourself? Um, just trained, really. Nothing. Nothing. Fun. In fairness, just you're a professional boxer, so he's fighting on Friday. <laughs> if you yeah, like, in under a week, so. <laughs> I've been on the smash just, all just, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that. Wow, he is confident. He's not Frankie <laughs> Gavin. Fuck Frankie Gavin. Okay, so we'll dive straight in then. Um, and Get some previews out of the way. So is your mic all right there, Andy? Yeah, my, uh... my mic's suffering with a bit of impotence. <laughs> Can it take tablets for that? Microphone impotence. I've seen Pele advertising stuff. <laughs> um, right, here we go. I'm going to do my best not to bastardise this name. Simon Valili versus Arfanak Iqbal. Do you want to give me a lowdown of why these two are fighting and why I should be interested? <laughs> You're there, you fucking idiot. <laughs> So, right, there's nothing to review from the weekend, by the way. Like We're, we're skipping over Burchell. Defended his featherweight title over in uh, somewhere, America. But I didn't watch it. And Terry's not here, and he would have watched it. So, uh, we'll skip that. But, yeah, so, like, this is just the whole card next week. Um, obviously, the World Boxing Super Series. I think it's worth noting, like, it's incredible that they've put together such a solid card for Eubank Groves. That, in essence... You don't need to because you've got such a top headline fight. But I think it's impressive that they bothered to to build underneath it. Um, so you've got some some main fights on there. There's um, Walsh versus um, Isaac Lowe, which we'll touch on in a bit. I've not written on your preview, Andy, before you look too confused. Well, no, I'll write that down now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Simon Villilli versus Arthur Iqbal for the English Cruiserweight title, which is a division that's... Garnering a lot of interest after Chamberlain and Cody last week. Did you watch that? I was there. Were you? I was there. What do you think to it? Uh, You're going to put on your political correct. No, yeah, no, it was Chamberlain's 
you know what I mean? One of my mates, and um, I really didn't really enjoy watching that happen to him in the sense of I blame a lot of it on not well, not all of it, but a lot of it. I think the referee could have done a lot more. Yeah, about yeah. the fight. Um, do you know what I mean? Watching when I when I watched it and the first knockdown, I didn't think it was a knockdown. But then I watched it when I watched it back on um, on TV. Yeah, I could you say that was a knockdown, and then the second one as well. But I started. You might not even say I nearly threw like drinks, popcorn. I was so pissed <laughs> at the ref when, when he t- <laughs> took the point off Chamberlain, and then <clears throat> let Akoli do. All he was doing. But I think, as the, Terry said last week, like there has to be a certain element of that that falls into Isaac's lap, mm. because you know the first time that Akoli was pulling his head down, and then he did it, you know, subsequently twenty over times and over after, and over again, yeah. But by the second time, Isaac should have done something to stop him doing that. I think he cited the example of Holyfield when he rugby tackled and essentially dump tackled somebody doing the same thing to him mm, it's like you, you're going to get warned once you're already like two points down yeah. after two rounds like at that point do something like nut him in the bollocks or yeah, then remember the referee's in the ring for a reason he's in the ring to notice all of that you shouldn't ha- you, you shouldn't you, have to you, granted some, most most I mean I've been there myself as an amateur I've had to near enough bite someone have you get there. yeah I've been in one of my fights in the ABAs how comes um, a guy hit me in the balls nine times nine times nine times before and then I that's beyond uh, yeah, accidental, isn't it? Like, yeah, you'll accept less, once. More or less, I went for a shark fight and then headbutted him. And the ref <laughs> straight away ran over. And I, if I didn't say, oh, he hit me in the balls how many times? What are you doing? I'm sure I would have got disqualified. But, you know, when I said it, he was like, okay. So when he's hitting you in what, the bollocks, are you yeah. protesting to the ref every time? Over and over again. I look at the ref and, he's, and he acts like he, he hasn't seen it. And I'm like, well, the guy near enough went down to one knee to <clears> me. What are you doing? Why, why yeah. are you watching this? What's going on? He's not even hiding it. But I understand in a sense, like, I mean, the ref is there for a reason and that's the reason he's there for, but... But then in that scenario, you took it into your own yeah, hands. Yeah, because that you... he isn't, wasn't going to do anything about it. So I, I agree with you and say, yeah, he should have, like, you know, he shouldn't have relied on the ref so much because as we see, you know I mean, the ref doesn't always... Yeah, because you'd have done that presumably it. a little bit out of red mist of like getting angry about it and a little bit that yeah, the only fr- way to stop this happening is yeah. to take it into my own hands. Yeah, but it's frustrating, you know, because he's clearly doing something he shouldn't be doing. He's doing something illegal and the ref isn't noticing it. Yeah. So you either have to bring attention to it or just do something back. Yeah. Is it only in those situations ever incompetence? Wouldn't be anything other than that, would it? It may be, it may, the ref may have been watching something. He may have been looking out for other things. He may have, you, don't, you really don't know. You no may have, knows. may have, allegedly, perhaps. Who knows? Like, hypothetically, that is an AJ boxer in the ring. Exactly. Promoted by Hearn and AJ Boxing. Yeah. And, like, and, it's um, not in his interest and, to... And plus, and plus we've all... We've may all, have allegedly, I mean? hypothetically, maybe. <laughs> I covered myself in that. <laughs> plus, we have to look at it like, you know, Isaac Chamberlain's been in front of a lot of tension and saying, oh, maybe he needs to be looked after a bit better at Matchroom. So I'm not saying, oh, this wasn't a surprise, but I'm not too surprised that it went the way it did in Akoli. The favours went the way they... With how much he got away with, in a sense. Yeah. Which isn't any blame to Akoli because, you know I mean? Like, in the end of the day, I, I wasn't disappointed in whoever lost or whoever won. I just wanted it to be a as good as a fight as... It should have been for British boxing, you know, because yeah. where do you see that two undefeated prospects. British prospects, decent, good, <clears throat> bona fide prospects that are still going to do whatever they want, even just um, they are still going to do very well in boxing, no matter how the results went. 
And they were in a stinker. And, and yeah, and to go fight. And, you know, it don't mean the fight was how it was because, do you know what I mean? The, the styles of, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, um, Chamberlain, in my opinion, is a better boxer. I still stand by it. Uh, Coley's um, very almost amateur style, the way he fights, especially for a cruiserweight as well, the way he fights. But that that made it how it was. You know what I mean? That made that fight how it was. And, you know, all the... All the um, things aside and what happened on the ref decisions or whatever, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And I, I, in my opinion, the undercard was better. You, you know, the undercards were better. Sometimes it's hard to fish around for a positive when you 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 lose a, a fight, uh, especially when you lose a zero. But if anything, one of the themes of this particular podcast, Eubank, I think it's one of the best things that happened to him. Like coming from the background which he's come from, there was always going to be a huge amount of pressure on him. So to carry a zero throughout his career may have weighed heavier on his shoulders. Maybe you'd argue he's a resilient character anyway. But I certainly think that when he lost to Bidjo Saunders, it not only took any pressure away, but it focused him on, right, I can't get sloppy and need to get better. Yes, and I mean, we'll come on to Eubank's career later, but... You see someone like Luke Campbell when he suffered the loss to Mendy, the French yeah. guy. Um, and at that point, it was almost like he's, he's taken that first loss and now you can be a bit more risky with the career, take bigger fights, take opportunities you wouldn't have done when you were building someone. Which, which he has. Yeah, which he did. So he went away and fought Jorge Linares. Um, and he's coming back. There's rumours that he may be fighting Crawler, maybe. I, I, called, um, I called that months ago. Do I we said, care as about? As gets, as soon, I said as soon as he gets whooped by Linares, they're going to try and do something up north yeah. with him and Crawler. They can basically... Linares yeah. is leftovers. Linares is but, bitch fight. Yeah, but that's still a good fight it's a good for British fight. boxing. I'm not yeah. sure what it'll be for, but it's still a good fight for British boxing. I'm sure honest. the WBA can make up a title for it. But um, but for Eubank, he's never really taken that... I know we're going to look at hit that fight a little bit more in depth later, but he's never taken that risk since he's, he's lost his O... It's not as if that spurned him on to take bigger and better fights and opportunities. Um, so it's a difficult one with him. But going back to the fight, which we were trying to cover, um, Simon Valili, Arfan Iqbal. Valili, the only thing we know, um, like the mainstream coverage he's ever had, was when he fought Myris Bradis on the Bellu Macabu undercard up at Goodison Park. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that one well, Andy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great times. Yeah. Great yeah. times. Yeah. So, uh, Corporal oh. Punishment Bellew, that was a night he, um, <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed watching his tweets this week where he's saying like, just burn pedos and, um, Such yeah. He's a strange man. He is. Like, don't get me wrong. Nobody's saying like, give pedos a sainthood, but he seems no. to, he seems to not recognize the law and like, <laughs> he's going to make his own ones. But Rebel without a clue. Yeah, good he old is, Tony. He's the thing is, when he goes on television and he comes, he almost like, he wants to, oh, I'm just a family man, you know, mm. I'm a simple man. And it's like, oh, okay, all right, Tony, fair enough. And then he's like, if you if you basically give him enough rope, he'll hang himself. He just keeps and on talking. And the pedos. <laughs> he just keeps on talking, like, and then get on Twitter and he just, and you think, oh, Tony, you came across all right in the first 10, <laughs> 10 15 lines, and then it just then it just went wrong. Such uh, a strange man. But yeah, I mean, that's all we really know of Villain. It was when he, he got beaten by uh, Myris Bradis on that. Um, he's more well-known up north. I, you know, it's northern boxing fans will probably be shouting at their phones or whatever they're listening on, saying, oh, no, he's done this and that. I, I don't know him because... The same as Arfan Iqbal has done most of his work down south. Simon Villiers done his up north. So it's a great north versus south. Um, you can kind of ignore the loss to Bradis. He's a different level to what we're talking about here. 
Um, so Arfan Iqbal, I mean, I've seen sparring footage of Iqbal in with Dillian White. Um, a lot of people say with Iqbal that he's, how can you put this nicely, an out of shape light heavyweight. I don't know if you, have you seen him much, Linus? Uh, I watched him fight. Um, Waddy? Waddy, yeah. Um, that was uh, quite destructive. Yeah. And the thing is that like the fact that they're putting him in sparring with the likes of Dillian White, he spars with Huey Fury quite yeah, often. Yeah, he's been doing that a long, for a long time. Yeah. He's been sparring positions like that for All a while. the Fury lot yeah. he, uh, he mm-hmm. works with quite closely. Um, a lot of people would say, look, he should be a light heavyweight, but he isn't and he's a cruiserweight. He does carry legitimate power at cruiserweight. That, that stoppage of Camacho. Mm, but um, you, you, you'll find that what I, what, from what I saw when I watched that Camacho fight, I didn't think Camacho was necessarily losing a fight. I thought he was genuinely in control of the fight until he yeah. got caught, which is where I think Iqbal will have a problem where, when he um, steps up in opposition. The as, actual as, boxing. You know what I mean? Yeah, the actual boxing side of it. I think if he doesn't land, he, he loses the fight. I mm. think he's an okay boxer. But he's he too reliant on that but, power. But yeah, he, that's mm. all he relies on, you know? You see it from the things he says and, you know, in, in general, that's just how he carries himself. Yeah, I mean, I've interviewed him before and he was saying about, he, um, he's one who said, I, I don't, when I'm going to punch somebody, I'm not looking to like, just punch their face. I'm looking to punch through their face. Yeah. Oh, how can you punch the back of their head? Of yeah. I'm looking to punch their nose through the back of their head, kind of thing. Um, but that Camacho fight, he showed. He's also like I'm not going to say a dirty fighter, but he'll do what is needed in the yeah, no, to do the job. Yeah, like he fights like you know you're about to rob him on the street. Yeah, you know, he does. He, 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 he and I've seen him off. on the street, yeah, and he, he carries a little Gucci bag yeah, that he, like. I've seen him take, before. Take your head off. Yeah, basically. yeah. He's the kind of guy that... He's, no, he's, he's very fan-friendly. People want to see that. Yeah. People want to see someone punch <laughs> someone into oblivion. They do. And he nutted Camacho in that fight. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure whether he says it or he didn't. But he did nut Camacho. And he said that he took a bit of a headbutt off Camacho himself. Mm. And so, you know, like, okay, fight fire with fire kind of thing. Mm, that's Proper fair. fucking put his nut through him, mm. which I think stung Camacho. And then went on the attack and, and really went for him. Mm. Um, good stoppage as I, said, yeah, I don't because Camacho can you know as much as he argues he still argues that and from what I saw you know Camacho I've watched him fight I've watched Camacho a lot and he can take so he can take a shot he can he can take a shot and with someone like Ipo that carries a stupid amount of power like that you you know that was a good stop he's like yeah I'm okay I'm like yeah but you can take a shot and how many does it, do you really need you know what yeah. I mean <clears throat> he's not Camacho isn't really a kind of guy that you put down you just hurt him standing up do you yeah. know what I mean the referee stops him so yeah is. so you know I, I think that was fair it would have just done him permanent damage in my yeah. opinion so uh, nah, so I don't know enough about Valili really to, to make a a balanced judgment on it but if you if you had to put your house on it oh I don't make balanced judgments anyway I just make sweeping statements <laughs> so Arthur Nickbell <laughs> purely because he's from the south um, and I've seen him <laughs> but, that's, uh, the, that's the kind of in-depth analysis people come to this podcast for that's what you're after but look, I mean it's an interesting division you've got that Akoli Chamberlain when you've got Luke Watkins holding the Commonwealth you've got Matty Askin fighting Stephen Simmons for the British there's so many names just bubbling around in there. Waddy Camacho, Danny Cousins, a Commonwealth Eliminator coming up on a, a Hay undercard in March. Uh, sorry, Joyce undercard on the Haymaker Boxing. Um, so there's so many names, possibilities, permutations. That I mean, it's a great fight for uh, for an English cruiserweight title. Okay, let's move on then. Um, Tommy Langford versus Jack Arnfield. You'll have an interest in this one, you Linus. A couple of middleweights, British title. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen much of Langford? Um, unfortunately, I watched him when he fought the little Georgian guy. Because he say. got absolutely pinged. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah, that was that was. I thought I thought he's pretty decent. I thought you know I mean, I he thought was he, off his nuts on fucking PDs and whatever. Yeah, I know, I know, but he did get pinged though, didn't he? Pinged, but no, but no, yeah, you know, they're both pretty decent. They're both people to I wouldn't say watch out for, but to you know, I mean that that's 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 not a walk. That's not walking apart for them for for us. Yeah, no, I think uh, Jack Armfield. Most people probably know him for the Brian Rose fight yeah. when he upset Brian Rose. Um, I think Langford Langford bores me if I'm honest. Like I don't enjoy watching Tommy Langford. I can see this going twelve rounds. This is a an, an elongated piss break for me whilst we're there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not being rude about it, but Tommy Langford doesn't do anything to like excite you when he's in the ring. He doesn't. I never get the impression with him that he's. He's always there to do the job. He's not there to like excite anybody. Yeah, to show something different. Yeah, yeah. I, understand, um, I understand that. But um, what is he? he's ranked about number four in the WBO? Langford um, defending this British. I think this is his second defense. I suspect he'll probably try and do a third. But he's a Warren fighter. He just seems to have kind of fallen off the radar a little bit with Warren. I feel for him. He was meant to that. fight Eubank, wasn't he? Yeah, Eubank pulled out of the uh, the fight. That was the one where Eubank said. Um, he didn't want to risk the health of the opponent or something. <laughs> that is one way. That is a way to put out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then later on, because he got sued, I think, by yeah. uh, Frank Warren yeah. for the fact that he'd signed the contracts to take the fight and then didn't take the fight and cited that as the reason, um, he basically broke the contract of what he was meant to do. And so then he suddenly said, oh, no, my elbow really hurts. Like I, I can't do it now. Um so I think I don't know what's going on litigation wise out of that, but um, I'm not a very lit- litigious person anyway, so I won't why. What Frank? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so now I feel for Tommy Langford a little bit. He's kind of fallen off the radar at Warren. So I mean, that's the interesting thing about these World Boxing Super Series ones. That they're sweeping up all these people. So you've got Walsh versus Isaac Glow, two lads that. Again, have kind of appeared on various shows. Yeah. You know, uh, to touch on that, uh, the winner of that most probably fights Bellotti. Yes. Uh, Bellotti who shares a gym with you. Yeah. Good fight. What do you reckon to Bellotti the other week? Um, Yeah, very good. Very, it's probably, no disrespect to him, that's probably the best I've seen him move his feet. Yeah. But, you know, again, no disrespect and not discrediting the win. You know, he, he didn't have you know, a young game opponent in front of him. He had Ben Jones, you know, yep. no, no respect to him either, but... But Ben just, Jones has been around the block. And we know yeah, he, he's yeah, but he has. But then again, it's like Cheeseman and... Uh, Carson, Carson Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Carson Jones operated at a different good, good, level Good to fight ben as well, you know, good um, fight. Good fight as well. But again, it's just fighting people that aren't really do you know what I mean they're, they're past it really do you know what I mean they're past yeah. it but they're enough to you know give maybe give you something to worry about they, they are past it yeah and I think a real <clears throat> test for Belotti will be against Isaac Lowe or yeah Isaac Lowe's a good fighter he doesn't he's carry very, the he's power a, he's a very good fighter um, whereas Walsh a bit more of a work rate on him I mean it'll be an interesting fight again it's one that I can see going 12 rounds um and I don't think it'll be a particularly exciting one. I think that's the risk they've got with this card. Is with the Walsh and Isaac Lowe? Yeah. Mm. Um, Isaac Lowe's a tough lad, traveller. You know, you know, by virtue of being a traveller, he's not going to be quitting anytime no. early doors. 
Um, he's All been, of these 12 round fights? Uh, 10 rounds, I think, for Valili Iqbal, 12 for the other two. Right. But you've got the risk on this card that I don't think Valili Iqbal go 10 rounds. I think they'll go five tops. Yeah. Because um, I think Iqbal will be fucked after five rounds anyway, I suspect, if he if he hasn't got rid of oh, him. Oh, he was sparking that earlier. Yeah, I say, if he doesn't get rid of him, he'll be knackered come the second half. But the other two, there's a real risk they go 12 rounds and you kill that atmosphere in the in the arena um, prior to the main event. But um, how much of an eye do you keep then on a, a British middleweight title fight? Um, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess you keep an eye, but then at the same time, you, you know, uh, it, it changes a lot. You know, yeah. like, yeah, one person might win it and then all of a sudden they're meant to fight someone. And then, yeah, you know I mean, you don't, you, don't, you don't really know at what stage you're going to meet them. So yeah, to I mean, watch one person or, you know, to, it's, it's very, do you know what I mean? Because I've done it before. I've looked at one person at a southern area and he's, he's, you know what I mean? He's gone for his English and he's gone past it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't I don't really look at it anymore. I kind of just focus on myself. But you're feasibly on your trajectory maybe three years away from like a British title shot if you carried on mm. as you are I think that's reasonable yeah. three years um, but those lads like Jack Armfield's uh, I don't, I'm not convinced by Jack Armfield I have to say um, but you know he's somebody that could be hanging around that level for a while Tommy Langford you know if they um, talk nicely to the WBO will probably end up in the ring with uh, Billy Joe Saunders at some point in the future but, uh, you know, someone like Armfield, I think would be perfect for you to keep an eye on and like somebody that could potentially be a good test in a few years' time. It's... Mm. When, you, when you look at a, an opponent, right, do you, when, you, when you're weighing somebody up, let's just say someone's come out of the woodwork, right? Do you look at his style? Do you look at who he's fought? Or, you know, what? what are the key indicators you look at in order to try and weigh him up? You look at who he's beaten, like, or like I say, or his style and whether it's going to complement your style or... The Ashley know. Bailey Demets fight is probably the best example of that because a lot of the fun- other ones are foreigners, isn't they? Yeah. You've fought, whereas funny, Ashley... Yeah, funny enough, I never, with the Ashley Bailey Demets, I never, I, I never actually saw how he fought. I, I, don't, I don't know. I never knew how he, how he fought. Not like... I didn't care about how he fought. I just kind of, I, I didn't, I knew he'd fought Terry Jones. I knew it was a really hard fight. It was a really close fight for them to. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about him. I just knew that he was extremely strong and durable. I didn't know anything else about him. I knew he'd uh, done really well in the box club as an amateur. Um, and, you know, I, I just kind of kept my head down and kind of did focused on myself and trying to make get rid of all my flaws and trying to build up all my strengths so it's about making you the biggest your biggest weapon rather than worrying about how you can like you know manipulate their weaknesses or whatever but do you let Terry as in Terry Stewart not Terry that you're missing this week Mm. Terry handles all the game plans tactics yeah yeah because most times you know the the opponent he'll not know but you know the the management Kevin Campion uh, Josh Goodwin and Steve they, they, they know you know I mean, they, they've looked through all of that. and um, Kev's you know, a very good matchmaker. Yeah, and he, you know I mean? He looks through everything from the kind of the style of fighter to how many fights he's had to who he's fought and how he's won and how he's lost. You know, I've been in their so, offices and seen the whiteboard where they've yeah. got like all the names of the home fighters that are due to fight on that show. Then they've, they're gradually filling in the away fighters as they're mm. going along, but they're meticulous over the exact level of opponent and who's going to be brought in just mm. to make sure that you lads develop correctly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, you know, talking about development in that, in my last fight, I, I, I wanted, 
are called for like Demetz because I thought you know he's you know what I mean he's he's a very good he's a very very good test. He's not gonna come in and just go oh let's just you know what I mean come in you know hopefully do this. Like, you know he wanted he, came he from wanted win. to win that fight because I remember I spoke to him after the fight and I've never seen someone so gutted. Yeah, no, I spoke to him <clears> in the dressing room after the fight and he was so gutted. And I thought to myself, he yeah, I knew I knew he came out to win anyway, but I didn't realize how much it was until I spoke to him after the fight. Yeah, and it just yeah, I mean that's what I want. That's the kind of opponents I want. Uh, and because that makes me, that helps me learn. We've got some questions that have come in for you, Linus. Uh, Jack Blair asks, what can we expect to see from you in the next 12 months? Jack Blair, Mr. Boxing Promoter, the app. Mm. Um, um, well, as it, as it stands right now, I'm fighting next Friday. And then, um, you know, everything, hopefully, touching wood, everything goes well. Uh, I'm, I most probably fight exactly a month later on the uh, 17th of March. So let's go through this quickly. You've mentioned it really nonchalantly, but you're fighting in like five days' time, isn't you? Yeah. It's uh, so the Joe Joyce undercard at York Hall on mm. Haymaker, yep. um, which the main event is on Dave. Yep. I don't know if they're streaming the undercard, which they did for the last one. Uh, yeah, most probably on <coughs> Uni Lad Sports, Bible yeah, something and Spike like that, TV. You know, on some kind of network, and you know, yeah. I'm sure highlights and stuff. I don't actually know the program of it. Uh, I'm just going off what they did in the last one. But yeah, um, yeah, fighting on Dave on a Joe Joyce undercard. I'm not. I, I think his opponent got announced, but I can't remember. It's a foreign geezer. Uh, it's remember. a bit of a step down. Like if we're being honest about. Well, I say a bit. It's a big step down for me and Lewison. Um, mm. that is a bit of a shame but I know they're talking about bigger fights they've made offers to Derek Chisora um, mm. so I think this is a bit of a stopgap fight because they haven't had him out for a while yeah um, and, yeah so after after February after in after in a, a few days um, I'll fight again in uh, March on the 17th and on, on another Haymaker show and then that's the Matty Askin one, isn't yeah. it? I think Matty Askin, Stephen Simmons, main mm. event at your call. Yeah, and then um, <clears throat> what what I've got in my head, and I've also mentioned to Steve, is Taylor Jones is fighting for the uh, vacant Southern Area title against Matty Leg. Yep. Again, in um, on the 9th of March. That's down in Bournemouth, I yeah, think, isn't Bournemouth. it? Yeah, Bournemouth. And um, I'd like to be there, but I probably won't. Um, <laughs> Find out if Southampton are at home that week. Yeah, yeah. And um, so if... You know, to be fair, it doesn't really matter who wins that, but I, I want to, you know, I mean, I know Brad's fighting for his eliminator, but th there's got to be a way where we've, me or Brad are going for that in the summer. You know what I mean? Early June, July, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's got to be, because, you know, that that's that's what we talked about last you know, at the end of last year, me and him. And uh, in general, it was just to kind of move that way forward now. So let's put a bit of flesh on that. So Taylor Jones, um, he's fought for it. No, he fought Nick Jemman, didn't he? It wasn't Nick for Jemmer the title. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, it was, no, it wasn't. It? Oh, was it not? I don't think so. I think he'd sure lost it, it to Grant Dennis by that point. Oh, Matt. Uh, uh, Nick, Nick Jemman had, oh. yeah. I think. It was an MTK show. Yeah, I watched, um, it. I watched that. Film. And Jemman got, uh, he put him down three times, three I think. Times. I watched Taylor it, Jones yeah, it down. pretty good. So, like, fair <laughs> play to Tay for taking that fight, because that's a tough fight. Like, Nick Jemman's a tough motherfucker. he'll take, with him, what I've noticed is, again, he doesn't care, he doesn't really, he's not, he's not protecting the record. I personally don't care about protecting the record. I just want, I want to learn. I want to learn as, like I can, and just, you know what I mean, do the best I can here. And I'm sorry, I won't do that fighting people that shouldn't be in with me. Yeah. I should be fighting people that are here to win, and it's a 50-50 fight, more or less. Yeah. And he's got the same attitude, and I really admire that. Yeah, but, but you want to fight him. Yeah, but at the same time, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to fight someone like that. I want. I like to fight him because or Matty Leg. Yeah, or Matty Leg, or anyone around that sort of. You know what I mean? The sort of level that's gonna 
help me learn. But Matt Legg's a tough bastard as well. I don't know if you ever saw there's a fight that he got a horrendous cut. I can't remember if it was eye or mouth, one or the other, but like carried on through the fight. It was awful. Um, he sent me some photos of it once. Just awful cuts. But uh, yeah, he's a tough player. Who do you reckon wins it? Uh, Jones, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Tatum wins that, to be fair. If, you know what I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him losing it if, and unless he does, unless he just, I don't, I don't know, I don't see him losing it if he boxes, he wins it. But if he, I don't know, tries to have a scrap, he, it might, it might be the same thing with Jensen. He's got some very natural like abilities, doesn't he? That yeah. He's very tall, strong jab, yeah. nice length but, on him. Yeah, very well scored. Um, yeah, very well scored. Uh, okay, Walker asks, would you ever fight Brad Pauls? Brad got asked the same question on Fight Talk and gave a coy answer. So again, let's add the colour to this. Like, <laughs> Brad Pauls is your stable mate. He's fighting Diego Burton in March as Southern mm. Area title eliminator. Mm. Um, you two spar <clears throat> endless rounds together. Loads. Loads of rounds. Would you fight him? Um, what's the question? Would I... Literally, like, is Fucking it? Fucking he's it, gone all it, politician. Yeah, yeah, no, well, yeah, but what's what's the question? Would it ever happen? Or if someone said to me right now, this and this and this, this this fight can be made with Brad Paul's, would you take it? Let's say, I guess that's what it is. Would you ever? I guess you could you can manipulate any of the. Let's work out the scenarios. Yeah, like, yeah, English title. Us... English title. No. British. It, it wouldn't. It, it, to be fair, I don't even know why I asked. It, it probably wouldn't happen anyway. If we are still being trained by Terry Stewart, it wouldn't happen. We'd All right. Fight, so yeah. Brad's fucked off Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. If 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 we're not trained by the same manager, then yeah, probably. So you'd fight him for the English at that point. Or yeah, if, if, if we're not if we're not trained by the same trainer, so really? not manager. Yeah. Because you're very good friends as well, in yeah, you, of the ring. It's, uh, but as soon as that trainer relationship, so he's like the glue that holds you together. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not like we have a problem. You know what I mean, it's, no, no, he's calling weird. you a dick on that fight talk podcast <laughs> as well. It's, uh... That's my nickname. Don't you know that? <laughs> dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but um... earned in the changing rooms. That could, yeah. that could be a pretty <laughs> cool nickname. So Wait a minute, is... Linus's missus is in the room. Let's uh... find out. <laughs> is this uh, well earned? Um, yeah. Well, shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> the. Um... We, with, with that, you know, if we're trained by the same person, it just it it just won't it just wouldn't happen. It would just never happen. Yeah, it, it just wouldn't it would never happen. Um, and like what you said about you know, oh, uh, we're friends. It doesn't you know what I mean we we we're, we're everyone in the gym. We're all mates. You know what I mean on and off the record. You know what I mean in the gym we're mates. Outside of the gym we're still mates. Yeah. But when we get in for sparring, you know what I mean? We all know we're boxers and we're trying to learn. We're trying to get to the best we can be. So yeah. that all goes out the window. Terry knows that. Terry manipulates that to his best. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it all, it all, we're all learning and we're all, do you know what I mean? We're all growing together. And we're so, all, you know what I mean? We're all brothers. Mean, touch on that, um, that gym. Because down at uh, Club KO in Loughton, isn't it? It's, mm. um, so you've got yourself, Brad Pauls, Freddie Kowit, who's fighting for yep. an English welterweight title this Friday. Yep. Against Tamuka Mucha. Um, and then you've got Paul Greenidge. Yep. Uh, who am I missing out? I mean, that's Sean the ones Robinson, that, uh, Luke Sean Robinson, and Luke. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, all of them. So they're the ones that Terry trains out of there. Yep. Then you've got the ones that Jim McDonald trains out of there. So yeah, you've got James DeGale, Jake Ball, Reese Bellotti. Um, so there's some world class, like literally world class in James DeGale. So you've shared the ring with like James, haven't you? Mm, yeah, a few um, times now. Yeah, so like, how's the, how's that when you first, you know, when uh, Terry's strapping you up and you look over and, you know, fighting Jake Ball's one thing, who's a big, light, heavyweight, yeah. self-poor, 
hits hard. But then you've got a world champion of like James DeGale stood over the other side of the ring. It, it, I guess, you know, when, when you asked that, what would you mean? Would you well, mean, I mean, like, do you, how do you approach it for the first time? So like granted after two or three spars, it mm. probably becomes routine. But on that first time, it's the first time you've ever sparred a world champion. Mm. It was a current world champion on the first spar that you had. Yeah. Like, do you sit there going, shit, I've got to respect him or I've got to try harder because of who he is? Yeah. Or I've but- got, because I've been down that gym and I've sparred you down there before. And I've said when I was with Kevin Campion in the car on the way down, I was like, what, like, it's first time I've sparred a pro. What's the deal? Like, do I, how hard do you hit them or how fast do you go? Do you let them set the pace, etc.? And he said, let them set the pace. Did that? Did it feel like that for you when you were in there with James that you have to let him dictate? No. Or did you feel like you don't? I'm going to prove if, a if point. You, if you like respect them too much, then they take you. If you give them too much respect, then they do what they want. You know what I mean, and that's not necessarily a place you want to be. Right. Um, I put it this way: I when I first, you know, what I mean, less in this in in the order of who I sparred with and levels and things like that. I, I first sparred with like Adolfi when I first ever went there. Louis, right. Louis Adolfi. I wasn't really nervous. I didn't really know who he was. He, I knew he'd won ABA titles. He's a, he'd only been on like three pro fights or something like that. And yeah, I came out. I, I didn't. I didn't feel any type of way. Uh, I sparred Jake Paul in the amateurs ages ago before I joined Terry, but I was still training in Terry's gym, getting ready for the ABAs and the Box Cup. I weren't nervous the first time I sparred Jake. But when I joined Terry and turned over in there and started having a few fights, I was really nervous to spar him again. I don't know why I was really nervous. <laughs> everything, everything, Is that because you've seen yeah. him on Sky or maybe, like? Maybe, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was, but I was really nervous about it. It really, not it was not giving me sleepless nights, but it like, it was really in my head. I driving down to the gym and I just couldn't get out of my head that I was sparring Jake Ball. Got in there, gave him way too much respect. The first few times I sparred him. I remember, him. I watched yeah. it. The first few times I sparred him and then, you know, slowly that went away and then I had to spar John Ryder. And then again, that really got to me again the first time I sparred him. But that's in a way gym as well, yeah. isn't it? So you're yeah. down at the matchroom gym. Yeah, and then like, you know what I mean? I haven't just bar like, you know, John Ryder. I think that was the breaking point where it stopped. Like when I, when I sparred an English... A, you know, I'm an English British level fighter. It, it, I was really nervous at first, and when I sparred the second time, it all disappeared. All like, I stopped getting nervous for, about sparring, and then when Terry was like, "Yeah, you're sparring the girl," and I was like, "Okay, all right, fair enough." I didn't, I didn't think anything. I didn't even, I didn't think anything about it. I just kind of thought, "Okay, I need to, I need to rest up. I need, what do I need to do for the next couple of days before I spar him?" He told me everything I need to do. I followed it. Uh, showed up at the gym. It was just another day for me. It was just incentive. If anything, it was like, "Okay, he's a world champion. Test yourself. Don't let him know that." <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? He's a world champion, but don't let him, don't come out and just, every time we hit show, you go, oh, yeah, shot, mate. You know what I mean? You don't, don't give him, don't be up his ass. Do you know what I mean? Don't, don't, nice one, mate. Yeah, don't, don't, give, don't be up his ass. Just kind of treat him like he's just anyone else. Yeah. And yeah, exactly what I did. I just kind of got in and went, yeah, he's a world champion. Yeah, he's doing, but I'm not just going to let him, not throw any punches at him because he's a world champion. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm out here to learn as well. So yeah. if I put it on him, he puts it on me, yeah, I'm learning something. So I thought, forget it. Let me just let me let me just get in and do and try as best as possible to imply implement what Terry's telling me to do. And you've um, uh, you said he sharpened up an awful lot after yeah, that loss that he's taken. Exactly, you've sparred him a since. lot. Yeah, he's he's like a different man. He's um, you know, he, he uh, when I first sparred him, he was yeah, he was very like not like he was awful when I first sparred him. He was as sharp. He was you know he was in shape. He was quick. He was strong. He was everything that I that I expected. And then after the loss, it was like, 
someone else, you're completely different animal, stronger, yeah. quicker, fitter, just more fire in more him. There, there, there was a lot more fire in him. It was almost like when I last, when I next barred him, that was his fight week. Instead right. of when I, uh, you know what I mean? He was so much sharper. He was just, he was just better. And he, and he was just in shape. He was in great shape. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I just kind of thought... Ooh. So going back to what Andy said earlier about fighters taking a loss. Mm. I mean, I know he lost earlier in his career to mm. Groves, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, you can almost wipe that from the record to an extent. But that loss there that he's taken to Truax... That was more detrimental because he... Having that belt, he had not a leg to stand on, but an, an argue... You know what I mean? Something to bring to the table yeah, and say, yeah. I'm a big player. Now, he has to, you know, go and either get that back or... Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's got you know what I mean. That 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 was his argument he had on the table. The belt. Yeah, because they all come into the twilight of their careers now, aren't they? Really. So Groves, yeah. DeGale, uh, you can't. Everybody wants to see him fight one more time. And mm, I think yeah. you know we're going to discuss Eubank Groves later. But there's there's still value in a Groves DeGale fight, especially if Groves comes uh, through on Saturday. Isn't the gal shot though? Like mentally, as much as anything else. Well, ask the man here. He sparred him. Uh, just it just it's no. You don't think so. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, if anything, he's more fired up than he's ever put, that I've seen. He's more. He seems a lot more fired up to not only get the belt back, but stamp the fact that he's the best super middleweight in the world. But I think that Badu Jack fight. I think I know what you mean, Andy. That Badu Jack fight where he lost his teeth. Yeah, it was a fucking war. Mentally testing. Yeah, yeah. Like because that. he said he said he and as he said he just never. He's like he just. He'd never been in such a hard fight. No. Like, he just, he's so, but he'd it was been, so he'd been draining. S- like hoping for that warrior status for a while, hadn't he? That was yeah. something I almost felt like he'd achieved it yeah. and taken a paste in and gone. Because mm. it was almost a bit like when he came out of that, he the way he was talking was, was almost, he was talking as though he'd lost the fight. The way in a way, like you know, the way he was like compensating for, oh, you know, I, I really had a tough fight. Yeah, there. he kind of had reasons for. The yeah, draw. and you're thinking, well, it was still a draw, mate. But and that's why I sort of threw questions at his mentality after that. Whether he'd finally got to a point where he was like, okay, that's me done. But you know, if you say otherwise, then but, I, mean, I, I also... bow to a superior understanding of his mentality, given that I've never stepped in a ring in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also the thing about, um, as you said, he's kind of aspired for that warrior. I think people have always warmed to Groves over the Gale, and I think um, that maybe changed after the Badu Jack fight. Fans went, "Fuck, he can fight. He can grit it out. Yeah, he no, can he do." A lot. He had a lot of uh, UK fans behind him. Yeah, he so. can do the horrible stuff as well as the flashy stuff, and then he comes back to the copper box, and it doesn't sell out. And there's not really that much interest in a Caleb Truax fight. That must have been really deflating for him. That like you come from that mental high of scraping through the draw. Uh, I say scraping through, but like, you know, he could have won it as much as he could have lost it and a draw's a fair outcome. Mm. But then to come back home and you're probably anticipating great fanfare and you don't get that. You get Caleb Truax in a half-sold copper box. Like, uh, I can see that must be a bit deflating for an athlete that's hoping for something better. Um, okay, Darren, I'll just get some more questions. Uh, Darren Jennings asks Linus, how do you feel about Martin stalking you? <laughs> I have no idea the context of this. Just because I hang outside his fucking bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him. I've got locks on the windows. It's fine. No, look, I I support Linus a lot on like social media and give him a shout out on here all the time. And the reason being that, like, 
there's a few like Umar Sadiq we mention a lot on it and Linus they do things that differently to a lot of people they're young lads and you look at like their social media and how they handle themselves and actually they're quite you know blowing smoke up his ass but he's sat there and he'll probably punch me if I don't um and I've felt that before and it's not nice (laughs) but like to do things differently and market yourself differently and actually be quite articulate well-spoken and intelligent to go along with it you don't get that out of a lot of boxers um you know we don't interview that many boxers on here for that reason because a lot of them don't have anything fucking interesting to say um whereas that's different with like umar and with linus so yeah i do that's why you camp outside his house so that's (laughs) so that's why the restraining order keeps me at the other end of the table (laughs) but i think it's it's a different way and we were chatting about yesterday linus about how you use your social media and you were out dropping off tickets when i spoke to you yesterday yeah um but you do that because you want to um, build that relationship to people. Yeah, because you know these people are investing in your your dream. You know what I mean? No matter they're funding it. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're funding it. You know what I mean? Minus the sponsors that you know what I mean that are directly, but you know these these people are coming. You know what I mean? They're, they're buying tickets to come over to watch and invest in your dream. You know what I mean? And to just hand them over the ticket and then walk away or not even do that just like send it over to them and they don't know who you are they don't know who you are personally they don't know you know what I mean you need to because at the end of the day you're a product and you you need to sell yourself to I said it so well yesterday how do I say that (laughs) Um, but I think you need to uh, build that brand relationship with someone the brand relationship and to kind of you know let people know oh you know what when they talk about you they don't just go oh he's a good boxer you know, oh, he's a de- decent, he's a nice guy, he's this, he's that, he's that. You know, you don't just want to say, oh, yeah, he's a decent boxer or he's okay or, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a person as well, just like anyone else. Because you were saying yesterday, some of your tickets for this fight on Friday that you mm. got, you're now getting ticket sales from people that you don't know who they are. No. And then that's, you know, that's, again, that's another, it's not like the flame wasn't lit, but it's lit in another fire in a sense of, you know, there are people out, there are people that are going to be there supporting me that I've never even met. Yeah. spoken to and you know I mean they're just buying tickets for whatever reason they're buying into my brand and my dream and you know what I mean to make to the, for, for these fights to happen you know what I mean and um, you know, what can I say do you know what I mean like you can't and again even with that as well you can't just go oh I'll put it in a clear envelope here's two tickets you know what I mean you, you gotta, <coughs> you gotta be a little bit different with so it so you're you saying gotta, you write a note to them oh more or less yeah a little thank you for supporting this and this and this hopefully see you at the fight. Do you know what I mean? Does it ever cross your mind that, I mean, moving forward in your career, if you you say, let's say in 10 years' time, if um, your dream becomes a reality and you're uh, a megastar... Will you be sat in Andy's kitchen recording a podcast (laughs) Do you ever think... Exactly like I have now. (laughs) Exactly like I have now. Do you you ever wonder how you'll be able to... And I struggle to know how to phrase this, but not repay, because obviously those fans are paying to watch you for the entertainment in the first place. But those people that have stood by you from the very Show start. Show the gratitude. Yeah. How do you, how do you ever, does it ever cross your mind about how you would, uh, oh, I'm going to use it, repay that, that loyalty from, from the beginning, those fans from the beginning? I, um, Frankly, I wouldn't know how to address it anyway, but just mm. wonder if it crosses your mind. I understand. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, I make an effort to speak to, not just speak to you, but to kind of try and spend time with a lot of people 
that do come to the fights and you think, oh, how can you do that when you sell a lot of tickets to this? But, you know, I have a little diary that I keep everything I sell every all, all together. And I, you know what I mean? When I look through it, a lot of the times I look through it over and over again and I'll see consistent names in it. And you know what I mean? Knowing these, person, these people personally or not, I really try my best to keep in contact with these people. Um, and just even even just the local, like I've had people that I went to school with that I never they never said a word to me in school. I, like I've had I've had someone I sat next to in school for five years, never said a word to me, but came to my debut, came to my next one, came to my next one, and I've tried to you know what I mean keep contact with them and just kind of you know how's everything with you? How's you know what I mean because it's oh they've seen oh look I was in school with him oh he's doing all right now let me let me go and help that out and I appreciate that and I, you know I mean I, I do my best to kind of repay all the people like I physically can but I mean I, I do my best it's, 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 I, mean, I can imagine it's a, like, it's a difficult task I mean you, you get hundreds of people that are following you from day one or even even 50 frankly like how do you spread enough of your time out to you know it's, it's at the end of the day it's a transaction and people come to watch you fight and if you fight and, they've, and they're entertained they go home they've had what they paid for. But yeah. I, I do wonder because it's the sort of thing you want to be able to reward that loyalty, don't you? It's doing little things like in my last fight after the fight, I went into, there was a couple of people that, you know, I know them, they don't, I, I don't really, I, I know them, but I don't really know you them. You know the faces. Yeah, I know the faces and they like, they bought tickets and do this. And it was just like, you know what, I'm hungry. Do you want to go down to the chicken shop? Let's just eat. You know, let's go eat together. I don't really know them, but, they've come to my fight you know what I mean I feel like and I, and I bought that which I don't really want to be like oh yeah I bought that but I feel like you know what I mean just doing that alone giving a little little, a little, little something like that, little things like that and like let's say I've had one guy who's had a terrible terrible time he's had lost a lot of family and things like that and I used to work with him he'd, he'd, ring, he'd ring me he'd go, oh I want 10 tickets off you mate you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, when can I meet her? And I'm going, oh, I'll come up to you. You know, just spend some time with him. He lives in like Welling, but you just, just, you know what I mean? But you appreciate all the things that people are doing because I know it's not easy with the whole, you know, it's not just, oh, here's 40 pound, come all the way down to London. Yeah. Probably spend another 60. Yep. You know, on a Dinner, Friday, drinks. You know what I mean? You, most people I know that I'm really thankful about are taking days off work. Yeah, and I'm like, just for me, just to come and watch me fight. Is that quite you know humbling? I mean? Like not Very, in a Joshua. Like yeah, no, oh, I'm so humble way. No, but it's, it's like it's just actually sit down and realize what's actually happening. People are taking days off work. People are leaving work early. People are doing. People are spending this much money still after I've had you know six fights. People are still coming and buying interest in new people every single fight. New people over and over <laughs> again, and it's just like you sit back and you think. Like I remember my first fight, I sold like. I don't know, eight your tickets, ninety your tickets, and then my second fight, I sold about thirty. Yeah, and I, I, I still do that till today. I don't know what happened. I don't know how that happened. Anyways, and then all of a sudden, it just kept on going up and going up. And, I, and after my second fight, I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. It's a hard slog, yeah. in it because you need to sell X number of tickets yeah. to keep the promoter happy. Yeah, and I just kind of kept on going, and to see everything's all coming together, and people are coming, people are buying into it, people are investing in it especially on an inconvenient, per se inconvenient night that I sh on, a, on a pill that may not be televised is, yeah. it, it, and I mean, I've sold for this fight more than I have for any other fight. And I, and it's just kind of like, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, well, like, wow, I can't believe I've done this. You know what I mean? But I know I didn't do this on my own. There's a lot of people that have helped me 
do this. There's a lot of people that have made things very easy for me yeah. to do this. And how much of a stress is it time-wise? Because you were saying, like when I spoke to you yesterday, you were literally in the middle of like seeing somebody yeah. drop tickets off, have a chat with them. Um, but like, you know, you brought Joe up, your missus this evening. Mm. Um, but like for the two of you, come fight week, say, like you've got to go around dropping tickets off. You've got training. You're going to be a little bit mardy because of the fact that you can't eat properly. Uh, all these like, is it hard to keep those relationships and not piss somebody off in some way? You know, forget somebody or not spend enough time with Joe or, you know, it, it's all these things alongside getting yourself down to 160 pounds and getting in the ring and fighting. It's all this stuff that for, and working, you know, you've got a nine to five as well as you an electrician, isn't you? Mm. Uh, all these things alongside the actual job of getting in the ring and fighting on Friday night. Oh, it's just, it's more about, you know I mean? Trying to, yeah, I, I, I believe that there's always, you always have time to do certain things. And you know what I mean? If you don't, you don't, you know, there's this, but at the same time, with all the stresses of boxing as it is and making weight, selling tickets, yeah, it takes up a lot of my time, which, you know, which um, my work has actually generously given me the week off to actually get ready for this, which they have at my, in my last few fights, which nice. I'm very grateful for. Get on um, piss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Sunday night, piss up, let's do it. Hey. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's always very hard because in my, <laughs> I never really get time in my house. I, I barely, not I barely see my family, but a lot of the time it'll be, I get up, see my mum and dad or whatever, out of the house and I don't get back in till you know what I mean? So realistically to them, they see me leave and they see me get back and that's about it. They don't really yeah, spend Yeah, because you go from work to training. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not, do you know what I mean? It's not as cutthroat as it sounds. Sometimes they see me for a little bit, but not like they wouldn't, they they don't have... Like quality yeah, time. Yeah, they won't get the, oh, mum will go, let's watch a movie. I can't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially at this time, like, <coughs> uh, I, I'd like to, I'd like to do more. I'd like to go out with Joe. I'd like to go out with my brother. I like to take my little sister for a bike ride. I like to do what about you just can't, you know what I mean? And you, you, you know what I mean? It's someone, but you're you need to have gonna, that self-focus. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, 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 as harsh as it sounds, you have to, because as soon as you start not, like taking you your focus away, away from yeah, that. Yeah. When you start taking it away and, taking your focus away from the fact that you are fighting in a while and you need to focus on selling tickets, training, resting, doing all these things and just kind of not ignore, but you kind of put aside your personal life. You just put it aside until everything's over. You're always, someone's, you're always gonna, you're always gonna upset or people, <clears throat> someone isn't gonna be happy about it, but at the same time, they have to understand that this is what you do. But you can see, we've chatted about it before, and you hear about the, the stories of people that suffer with it, but like the mental health side of things is like, there are certain boxers out there that discuss it, and, but it must be so draining on people's mental well-being to be doing all that stuff, have the pressures of family, loved ones, friends, etc. Like to, to get that balance correct is a challenge. Yeah, you know, it's it's very challenging and it's, you know, I mean, very mentally challenging. It's draining, it's draining, if anything, because not only have you got a, you know, you got to deal with everything going on outside, you've also got to go train and absolutely push yourself to the very yeah. minute and break yourself every Whilst single time. Whilst dieting your yeah, arms off. Like, yeah, I, I mean, spoke like, yesterday and you bought a fucking, a bag of popcorn yeah, with it and like... Yeah. <laughs> 
And Terry said I couldn't have it. Yeah, you know, so you text yeah. Terry to find out what kind of popcorn you're allowed and you're not allowed to have it. No, but like yeah, little things like that would send yeah. me over the edge. I'd lose yeah, my... This is, where you need, this is where you need your mental toughness. This is where you need like, you know, but I'm not... I'm but this not, is why I'm a tubby yeah. mid-30s <laughs> and you're prime lean... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, in no way am I putting down mental illness and to, and I'm not saying, oh, you know, people that break down and this aren't, you know, strong, but you need, you need to kind of have that mental toughness to understand not only, even though things are going well or whatever, that when things go wrong, you cannot let, like, let's say right now, I've got a fight coming up in a week. Something goes wrong in my personal life. I can't let that get in the way of what I'm, what's still happening. Cause yeah. do you know what I mean? I'm the only one that's going to feel the consequences. Yeah. But you know, like Lee Selby, he fought his last fight. His mum died in the fight mm. week. Yeah. Like, and yet he yeah, still went things, and fought on the these, Saturday night. Yeah. And then he grieved for her, like in the changing rooms yeah. afterwards and immediately after. But in that fight week, he couldn't allow his focus to be on anything other than his world title fight. And so he basically like told his family, don't contact him, don't have anything to do with him. I know mum's dead. I'll deal with it later. And then he dealt with it on the Sunday. Exactly. Like that that mental fortitude is mm. ridiculous. You have to remember, like, less all the mental this and mental that. You have to remember you're going into a fight. Yeah. You if you go into a fight distracted, something very bad could happen. Yeah. Not just you know what I mean? Like we remember this this not this not only like this is some people's life. This is a, this is, is this is someone's life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And this like, is what they're doing to get somewhere. This this fight can take me here. This fight can take me here. I lose that because let's say oh things weren't going well and it just got to me. No, you know what I mean? It's not. You cannot mentally be not weak, but you need to be stronger than that. You need to focus on what is actually in front of you. Yeah, but you know you're I, fighting like Louis Van Pooch on Friday. Um, Oh, no, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And, uh, and I, don't, I changed, don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. But, but say it was still Lewis. Yeah. You know, Lewis might have decided this, you know, like he's got the journeyman role about him, mm. but he might have decided this is going to be the time I'm going to turn it round. Exactly. And so you can't go in there thinking this is a soft touch. I can't I can't go in thinking any fight's going to be easy, let alone just not focusing on that fight. <clears throat> so how do you prepare yourself mentally for a fight where you don't know who you're going up against what like the, Friday what is well, the difference <laughs> there isn't much of it because most of the fight I'm focusing on what I'm bringing to the table and what my mistakes or bad habits are and uh, fixing those things I'm not focusing on any one person I believe the whole gym and Terry believe that if you focus on one person it changes everyone I mean it, it, it becomes very stressful and everyone's like, oh well, what now we have to Focus on this person. What? Why not just focus on yourself and being the best you can be? So no matter who you got in front of you, you can always deal with it. Uh, Mayor Brixton says, "Rob no, Martin, shout out." No question. Just wanted to say massive congratulations to Linus for getting on the Haymaker card. Just, I just know he's going to make waves and be introduced to a bigger audience who will remember his name long after. Big respect. And then some punchy emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Mayor. Um, uh, another <coughs> question for Linus. Paul Altai asks if Linus could pick a trainer and fighter to spend a camp with from any era, who would he choose? Trainer and fighter. 
That's what he asks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you answer it which you can answer it. That's the beauty of this. You can answer it whichever way you want, mate. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. They if, will accept anything you tell them. It, Brilliant. Nobody ever talks back to you on this format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, you know, I mean, obviously, no disrespect to my trainer, but I'd like. I've always, I'd always like to uh, have trained with um, Emmanuel Stewart and uh, Roy Jones Jr. What did you think to Roy? Yeah. His ending of his he's, career he's, at the weekend. He's my idol. He's, my, he's the reason, like, I probably, like, when I first, when I've ever first walked into a boxing gym, I went, you know, let me see who I can watch. And for some reason, you played fight night. It, so now someone had said it to me or something like that, or I might have seen him somewhere. And I guess for who is that guy, looked him up and I just could not stop watching him. And that was it. I just, yeah, I just loved it. And I just went in like that. I know Terry had sent in a question regarding Roy Jones and his career. I think Andy uh, scrolled him through. He did. <laughs> he did. Um, right, so the question was, can you ever damage a legacy once if you have secured it? Roy Jones might be the greatest boxer of all time. His CV is beyond question and mm. contains James, Tony and Bernard Hopkins as easy wins beat Ruiz for a heavyweight title, yet people say he damaged his legacy by going on too long. How? Why do fans expect you to be headlining PPVs in your 40s? So there's a lot to unpackage there. So I mean, he's gone from middleweight to heavyweight. And won one titles. Yeah, one titles one, in every... Yeah. Is it cruiserweight that he didn't win one at? So he won some bullshit one, maybe. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll, we'll pass him on that. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, granted, he took John Ruiz, who was like the weakest heavyweight champion for a long time, but he still achieved that. Mm. Um, it's like, it's like you know, this is going to be an odd comparison, but I'll say that in a minute. But it's like, you can't, I don't believe you can ruin a legacy after you, I don't think you can ruin it because what you've achieved is still there. I just think people remember negatives more than they do positives. Um, so why do fans say people have gone on too long? It well it gets to a point where you know he's getting knocked out by was it Enzo, Enzo Macri you know horribly I mean? knocked out yeah well. and you know and you, I, when you when you when you do see things like that you do and I agree I thought he should have um, stopped after he beat uh, Tito Trinidad Felix is it Tito which one Felix, Felix or Tito? yeah yeah I thought he should have stopped after that but you know he's still gone on to still do well. But at the same time, as when they say, oh, can you ruin a legacy? Would you say Floyd Mayweather's ruining his legacy by trying to, from what it looks like, trying to make this McGregor fight happen again? In the octagon? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, would you say that's ruining a legacy? No, I'd just say fair play to him. You, you make, make your, a lot Go of money. make your money. Yeah, and I think the same with Roy Jones. You know, he's done so much through his career that Especially for boxing, he's opened it up completely. Yeah. But for any of us as fans, or as you as a, an aspiring, you know, professional that's in the early stages, would it have any right to say Roy Jones shouldn't be fighting whoever it was that he fought at the weekend? I can't remember what his name was. But, you know, it's a fight that if it makes Roy Jones happy, hopefully he's secured enough money for his career. Hopefully he can live on that for the rest of his life. But if that makes Roy Jones happy at 40-odd, whatever he is, what right have we got to say? No, he hasn't. Maybe he has tarnished his legacy, but his legacy is that in 40 years' time, we won't remember the fact that he was going to fight Tony Moran on a Maltese Boxing Commission card. We won't remember the fact that he got sparked by Enzo Macronelli in Russia. We'll remember, we'll remember the peak years, the Tony years, yeah. the Hopkins yeah, years. Yeah, the, the time he uh, was beating someone, told the ref to stop it. The ref said, no, you do it. And then he did it. Yeah. We're going to remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, just not... 
I don't know. I think I think a lot of the time, you know, what I mean, but don't get me wrong. I believe everyone has an opinion, and that's fair enough. But I think sometimes you, people are critical of what you do, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what you do, someone's always got something to say. Uh, so well, do what you want. Also, people say boxers, you know, they're too afraid to take a loss. Well, okay, but Roy Jones has gone on all these years knowing that he could take a loss in any of these fights. Mm. And he's purely, you can see he's doing it for the love of being a boxer, yeah. not for the money. He's not going to be making shitloads of money out of that fight over in America at the weekend. No. I, I, I can see it from both sides, if I'm honest. Like, you, on one hand... You don't count. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, on one hand, you... From a boxer's perspective, it's almost like you're in a no-win situation. If you stop too early then people will say, oh, you still had something to give to the sport and you've, you, you've, stripped, you've, you've robbed us of that. Mm. Um, and, there, and if you, obviously, you go on too long, then people start saying, oh, you've, you've tied your reputation. So in, all, you, in order to, to stop at the right time, you'd have to f- find that perfect point where, no, where you was you know, away from any criticism, immune from any criticism, because everyone unanimously believed that you picked the right point. Right, like, which like, is pretty impossible. Cut Frotch, a great example. Yeah, you're not you're not going to find a better Andre ending Ward? to a career. Andre George Ward. Foreman, Andre Ward. Oh, Andre Ward. The problem with Ward is that I think we all know he could still have dominated that division for another three or four years. With mm. Frotch, there were enough question marks over the others in the division that mm. you could say, "Look, you've gone out on a high, and that's a good time to go." With Andre mm. Ward, it's almost like he's left a little bit on the table that. He could have kept going for another few years and we kind of maybe wanted to see him. And I think we probably will still see him do that. Mm. So who do you think has gone out at the perfect time? I think Frotch a great shout. Yeah. So in my, that's my, my opinion anyway. Yeah. I thought, I thought Frotch was, he went um, out at a really good time. <laughs> I think someone like David Hayes gone on too long. Yeah. I, I can only say that because Terry's not here. Well, I was just about but, to say, <laughs> I was just about to question Klitschko because I, like when... If you take his last his last two fights before that, he's world champion, right? So does he does he retire as a world champion or does he go on and he fights Fury? So he fights Fury, loses to Fury. You could then argue that he would be thinking to himself, "Well, I want to try and win that back. I want I want that rematch," which he was then robbed of because Fury just went mental. So then he fights AJ, which is you could perhaps argue was a bridge too far, but even he said that coming out, coming out of that, he felt like a winner, even though he lost. Yeah. And then he pulls the plug. But I mean, there's almost, you feel for someone like Klitschko because he's at the top of his game, the top of the heavyweight title, and you've got this endless supply, and it is an endless supply of young, hungry fighters coming through. Yeah. So if he'd have gone and retired before Fury, everyone would say, oh, you only retired because yeah, of Titan Fury. Yeah. Or you only retired because Anthony Joshua's coming up. So you feel for him that like, he doesn't. It would almost damage his legacy more not to take those fights because you go, oh, we well, didn't want that. Lennox Lewis, for example, you know, he went out on the Vitali Klitschko win, um, but it was a controversial win. The cut to Klitschko's eye, and then people still question now, like, oh yeah, he only retired because Vitali and Vladimir were coming through. Well, this is what I'm saying. There's yeah. no, no, there's no, no, no matter good what time. you do, yeah, no matter what you do, someone's always got something to say. Yeah, so do what you want. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Jack Blair asks Linus, from your experience, what is David's Hay, uh, David Hayes' involvement in these cards? These cards, presumably in reference to your card this weekend. Um, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough 
about what his involvement is, about if he even touches on it at all. Or he you does. Know, I personally, I personally, he does. I, I don't know. I personally don't know. So what's you? I mean, you as a fighter, you find out because the undercard's being run by Steve Goodwin. Um, yeah. And the Goodwin boxers. So there's yourself and there's a few other of the Goodwin lads that are, uh, are taking part. And as you said, you're lined up for the March one. So I know for a fact that Steve has regular updates with Hay. Um, Hay's got a big involvement with it because he's got a... He's got a vested interest in making sure Joe Joyce does well because Joe Joyce is the spearhead of Haymaker Boxing. Yeah. Um, so he touches it a lot. He gets involved in it quite a lot. Um, so, I mean, they leave the running of the undercard and the selection of the undercard. You know, he doesn't... David Hayes not on the phone trying to work out who you're going to be fighting kind of thing. <laughs> no. They leave that very much to the Goodwin team because that's yeah. what they're good at. Um, but in terms of making sure the event runs, I mean, I got down there early for the last one at the O2 Indigo and I stood around for a bit and Hayes there, like from a production perspective, making sure all the screens are right, getting the chairs lined up, you know, he, he's very hands on with it. He's, he wants it to be the best product it can possibly be. And I think he takes great kind of pride and responsibility in doing that because at the end of the day, if it's shit, Dave are going to be back on him about it. Um, you know, they don't want a poor product turning up. So I think he is very, very involved. Okay. Um, questions for the pod. These are more generic questions and you can take some, some more of a backseat now, Linus. <laughs> Jump in. Come on. Oh, yeah, no, no, feel free. But I, don't, I mean, just mean they're just not aimed at you anymore. Just here for yeah. eye candy now. Um, okay, so I just want to go slightly back. I should have asked this earlier, but, you know, never mind. Uh, Andy Scott asks... What, are you saying you're disorganised? My- Andy Scott asks, <laughs> might be a week late with this one, but am I the only one who thinks that Chamberlain's corner got off a bit lightly with not offering much in by way of a plan B when it was clear something needed changing? Gents. I think Terry touched on it last week a little bit. He gave a, he alluded to it very subtly. Uh, Ted Bambi's uncle trainer um, perhaps didn't have him prepared well enough for um, for, you know, what if Akoli does this and what if he does that? You know, you got to have the the plan A, B, and C. I'm sure Terry does it with you, Linus. Yeah, well, um, you know, what I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't get the instruction before the fight. We kind of get it as a fight is happening. But then again, if we're gonna go towards the corner, it, it you know, it they may not. Who knows? We they may not have had a plan B. They may not. They may have thought Isaac was gonna whitewash it. At the same time, but they that's may, fucking naive. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah of if, course, if that's of course. what you went and did, it's, of course. But they may have had a plan B, and Isaac just could not. We don't. We don't know. We we, we don't know. I I I um. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't. I think the fact we never saw any variation out of his attacks, yeah. apart from he started to use the right hand in the second half of the fight. Yeah. It suggested to me that there wasn't anything other than just go out there and be Isaac Chamberlain, be mm. what you've done that's got you this far. Who knows? And maybe maybe just maybe the pressure, maybe the big stage got to him. Yeah, but we know. Who knows? We we don't we don't really know what was happening. We don't, you know. I mean, we don't know to to kind of maybe head towards blaming the corner. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I don't think there is anyone to blame. The fight was how the fight was. Fair one. Um, okay, so we will come to Groves and Newbank because that is our biggest and last point in terms of questions. But I want to touch on this. MTK Irish ban. So MTK have banned their boxers from talking to the Irish media. Republic of Ireland media. Uh, sorry, Republic of Ireland media because 
they feel as though they've been unfairly represented in Irish media, Republic of Irish media. Yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. Like they come out with this um, fair press thing this week. So they've announced their boxers will no longer speak to the Republic of Irish media. They will no longer have events on in the Republic of Ireland, which they weren't allowed anyway since the shooting at the weigh-in last year, or was it the year before? Um, but that's an interesting one because their issue is that every time the Irish media talk about MTK fighters. Um, then there seems to be this link back that the Irish media... I, don't, I say every, I don't know that it's every, but the ones that they've posted up on social media show where there's almost a needless link back to Daniel Kinnahan that's made through the um, the news pieces. So Daniel Kinnahan was a leader... Um, I don't know what I can say that won't get me shot or sued, and I don't fancy either of them, to be honest. Um, he's got links to some of the underworld in Ireland. We can put it that way. Um, and so he's now moved away from MTK and it's a lady, I can't remember her first name, Vaughan, Scottish lady, millionaire from fake tanning, who's kind of done a a buy-in, I think they called it. So she's now the CEO, I believe, of MTK. Uh, and she puts out this announcement saying we will no longer handle any Irish press, um, and uh, Republic of Irish press until we get fair, um, fair representation within the pieces that are written about us. But I, I just, I it's think a weird it's, blanket ban, isn't it? It's a really weird blanket ban. I say they can't put on events anyway. I don't believe uh, in the Republic of Ireland because of the incident at the weigh-in when someone got shot, which was linked back to various gang issues. But I feel it's really detrimental to their boxers. They've got a lot of Irish boxers. Like the Frampton Denaire undercard is made up of entirely Irish MTK boxers, I believe, or certainly the home corner and some of the away maybe from England. Um, but it's really harmful, I think, to those boxers that are trying to build a profile. You know, Linus, if Steve said to you, you can't talk to any English press because of the misrepresentation, it doesn't hurt the press that you're not going to talk to them necessarily. And don't forget, a lot of the MTK lads, yes, they've got Frampton, they've got Fury, but a lot of their lads are the lower level ones. So, you know, they've got Ben Hall, Taylor Jones. Those lads, I mean, granted, an Irish ban isn't going to affect them, but their equivalents over in Ireland are going to be affected by it. When they're trying to build a profile, and, you know, a local newspaper, like, I don't know, the Court Gazette or something, want to come out and watch your fight and report on it, they're not allowed now. Like, they won't they won't be allowed into the venue to report on your fights. Like, that must really harm those fighters. And yet it doesn't really harm the press because they'll fill up those, you know, 20 Column inches... inches with something else you know local football or whatever i just i see it as a really weird thing and well they can talk about boxing can't they just can't they just don't get any interviews right yeah no. yeah i mean they're not banned from talking about mtk they but, can quote other people's interviews but i, I mean this, we've already seen the flip side of this one of the irish papers ran a piece today talking about the links back from uh this vaughan lady to daniel kinnahan and how it all relates back. So, like, they're they're painting a target on themselves. Almost, yeah, that's what it seems like, is that, okay, you're going to spite us and not allow us access. Well, that's fine, because we'll just go the other way. and We've got nothing to lose now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they're now publishing, and it seems almost out of nowhere, because they're talking about incidents that happened a few months back um, between the ex of this Vaughan lady and the Kinnahan family group, whatever you want to call it, um, that I think you're going to see now. There's almost going to be a little bit of a war between MTK and the Irish press. 
They've said, MTK have said that they'll sue if there's any misrepresentation. They'll take the press to court, whoever it is. Um, it could get really, really murky. Nah, um, not in the boxing world, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm dubious to go into it too much for some oh, of the obvious I reasons. Into it well enough. Um, you wake you waking up with the horse's head on your pillow tomorrow, I suspect. That's a, that's a harsh name for Claire, but... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I'd say for them to pull out of the Irish um, setup is, to me, it seems like the wrong approach to take. But MTK are a huge brand now. You know, they're getting bigger all the time. Um, they've got their own events. They've got their own big superstars. They've got a huge number of lads kind of bubbling under that are coming up. I just, I feel for the ones of those that are based out of Ireland because they're really going to suffer now. Um. Manuel Char versus Frez Aquendo purse bids. There you go. You can fill in the details of that. <laughs> so that's you remember, written down on my paper. When we spoke with Gilberto Mendoza last year, he was yeah. saying that he was getting rid of all the regular titles and things. Well, this is one of the, the regular titles. That he's getting rid of. Well, that he's getting rid of. Right. No, so this has got a legacy to it that Frez Aquendo, in true traditional boxing style, has got his world heavyweight title fight in a New York court case. Um... So that's from about... He hasn't fought in about three years and he's going to be fighting for a world heavyweight title. He basically had a shot and then that was taken away or something like that. But you're going to get Frezza Quendo versus Manuel Char. Despite the fact Frezza Quendo hasn't fought in three years, some dickhead paid $1.1 million in the purse bid for this. I'm sure... Maybe it was... Wasn't it like? Didn't they outbid the other? Uh, who was it? The other? The other bid was four hundred. Uh, well, no, one hundred and one thousand. <laughs> presumably hoping that this lot had bid one hundred thousand. But then it was dwarfed by that. What is it? Wasn't it eight hundred thousand or was it? Yeah, it well, it's one point one million dollars <laughs> against one hundred thousand dollars. Right. Um, oh, they're going to be so peed when <laughs> they find out that we've bid one extra thousand. No, they've, uh, Isn't that actually, what Arsene Wenger did to release uh, someone's... Yeah, uh, Suarez, went not he? Fifty and one million pounds. Yeah, uh, oh. Was it one pence? Or was it one pound? Well, either way, pound. the 99 pence I can throw in there to make yeah. it up. But yeah. it's a pure snidey little move, isn't it? That French prick. And then he went um, on to have his best season in the Premier League, didn't he? <laughs> Such an idiot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the boxing equivalent is what they've tried. So, I mean, it baffles me who on earth is going to pay $1.1 million dollars for Manuel Char versus Frezza Quendo. The only thing I can think out of it is that whoever wins that fight gets a WBA regular title. It would be perfect for Tyson Fury to go and take on the winner of that down the line in six months' time, eight months' time, and make himself a world title holder. I mean, don't forget, it's the same world title that David Hay held, and we all held him as a world title holder because he was British. Um, So, yeah, it's I can see Tyson Fury eventually paying an interest in the winner of this fight and labelling himself as a world title holder. It'll build a bit of interest. Well, he was on Twitter the other day saying, I've got a massive, massive year coming oh, up. Yeah, he's like bigging himself up as though he's got it all planned out. And you're like, oh yeah, well, what's going to happen? You wait and see. Uh, yeah, just get in the ring. Stop talking. Oh, so bored. What do you make of him, Linus? Tyson Fury. Yeah. Um, beats every single heavyweight out there if he gets himself in shape. Do you think? Yep. Has he lost it? How that, are we going to know? We don't. We don't until he gets in the ring. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know until I'm he fits a, in the ring. 
I must admit, I watched some. I watched some footage of him the other day, and he looked better than he had. He looked so sharp in the other one that we watched, where he looked like he was punching through a bowl of treacle. But like it, it genuinely looked like that. That that last one was really good. It yeah, looked like sure. they sped it up. Was that the one where the he's southpaw um, and he's like yeah, and then he just flipped off the, at yeah, an angle. Yeah, yeah, he moves. This is what I'm saying. He moves so well with such a big guy. Yeah, um, and I just if if he if he. If he fought like he did against Klitschko, if he gets back into that shape, he beats every single heavyweight yep. out there. Agreed. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's what we all want, right? Post, what, six to nine months after his fight against Klitschko, this pod just, like, was waxing lyrical about him, right? We were hoping he's going to come back. We are really looking forward to him to fighting again, all that sort of stuff. Maybe even as many as 12 months in. Not realising the self-destruction. Yeah, then was... we started getting bored. And it's been, now it's almost been like, I don't know, you know when your parents are frustrated at you when you're young because you're not concentrating, you're, getting, you're not doing your homework, you're too busy going out and planning and getting pissed up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Those sort of <laughs> situations, they love you to bits. Hoovering just up want, coke in France. They just, <laughs> just want you to do the best you can do. And that is what has been the most frustrating aspect of it. You're watching other boxers sort of coming further into prominence over those two years that he's been missing you're like where have you been I think the problem is like Joshua's been shoved down our throats so much in those two years yeah. that we start to resent that Mar- marketed very well he has oh absolutely but marketed you know like well. my mum loves Anthony Joshua everybody people in China people, everyone knows yeah. Anthony Joshua that's um, the thing and yet we're all sat- and if you said to any of if you said to my mum Tyson Fury could beat Anthony Joshua no she'd way. think you'd gone mad Mm. Um, because she thinks he's the second coming of Ali because yeah. of the way that they've marketed him. Um, so you just want to see him. like Somebody ban his phone from him for the next six months whilst he gets in shape and then see what we've got. Um, question from Cherry Tapandama. All right, Cherry. Is that... <laughs> in light of what Miguel Burchelt has gone on to become... Is he one of your favourite featherweights? Uh, he definitely, definitely is one of my favourite adult babies. Um <laughs> Has gone to become, um, was putting him in with George Jupp, Frank Warren's most uh, worst piece of matchmaking. I barely <laughs> stumbled my way through that. So what he's asking is, George Jupp, um, he went and fought Miguel Burchell in Argentina three years ago, two years ago. Is this the worst piece of matchmaking Frank Warren's ever done? Um, given the story that we heard last week about him allegedly being in a hotel with Mike Tyson, it's possibly not the worst bit of matchmaking that's ever gone on. Um, <laughs> this is the problem. This highlights because this comes on the back of. Do you remember we went up Hold to Panther Town? I'm gonna fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> that's Tyson. That's not really just to clarify. <laughs> Do you remember when we went up to Andy Lee, Billy Joe Saunders in Manchester? Yeah, and we watched George Jupp then, George didn't Jupp we? beat Mitchell Smith. Yeah, which was an upset. upset. Yeah, Huge yeah. upset. And Mitchell Smith since then has like fallen off the radar. I think he went to prison for a bit. His life's a bit chaotic. Oh, wow, okay. Because um, he was a massive favourite for that. Massive favourite. Jupp just kept, as far as I remember, it was just constant jabbing him out of the way. Yeah, Mitchell Smith's too small for and he broke his right hand in the second round or something, so couldn't use it. Um but this is the problem. This highlights the issue of when you hold one of these WBO European titles, which what I think that was, is that then that thrust George Jupp into being in the top fifteen of the world and he was picked out of oblivion to fight Miguel Birchelt. Like he never ever George Jupp is a Southern Area level fighter. 
That's what he is. Like, there's no disrespect to him. Because you look at what's happened since he fought Burchell. He's been fighting on undercards at York Hall. He's not been able to catch a break anywhere. Um, but he held this WBO European. So when you see the likes of Leon Woodstock, where he won it, um, he's Central Area Champion, WBO European Champion. Uh, Lerone Richards, I'm sure you've probably got an interest in him. Linus, you know. He's middleweight, isn't he? Yeah. But, you know, he, he picks up the WBO European title or whatever it was, or Intercontinental, I don't know. But it I puts think him it was in. actually the, the real thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. But he's not <clears> now. <throat> he's not the top 15 in the world today. No. He could be, but he's not now. But by rights, you know, Leon Woodstock picking up the featherweight uh, WBO European puts him in the top 15. It's the same equivalent. That George Jupp fighting Burchelt is the equivalent of if we found out Leon Woodstock was going to go and fight Vasil Lomachenko next week. Like, that's as bad as it would be. Um, not to say that Leon Woodstock's a bad fighter or anything, but he's not at that level. And we're finding out from Burchell, he's since gone on, and I think that's his fifth, sixth win since then. WBC champion now. Um, George Jupp was sent there on a hide into nothing. You feel for the bloke, looking back, because it's done nothing for his career since... Sometimes managers and promoters talk about you can earn out of a loss. You know, if you look good in a loss or if you put up a better fight than what people expected out of you, then you can you can come back from that bigger than what you were before the loss, ironically. That isn't the case for George Jupp. George Jupp's gone from fighting for a world title in Argentina to fighting on undercards at York Hall again. Um, and you actually feel like he's he's probably a step back from where he was before that Birchell fight. So, I mean... I. To me, it was terrible, um, and it will stand in good stead for time as being a terrible decision to send him out there. Um, Kevin Morrow asks, has there ever been a worse heavyweight fight mandated than Chara Quendo? So, apologies for not asking this earlier, but... For world title, uh, Audley Harrison, David Hay. We can't ignore that. That's uh, that's toilet. But, but, was it, was it worse to watch, or was it Gonna no, be... it was worse in theory. Like, the only reason that he ever had that fight was because he, Audley Harrison, downed Michael Sprott with, like, 30 seconds to go in a European title fight. Michael Sprott was never a world, you know, champion, never a world level. That's the only reason Audley Harrison got that was because Eddie Hearn's a sly little fucker and because he sold the dream of Audley Harrison. They knew, from what I understand... Um, they spent nights on the phone, Hay and Harrison, building this up. Like, so when they got a press conference the next day, they were on the phone the night before, like, oh, I'm going to say this, and you're going to say that, and I'm going to say this. But they knew deep down what the result was going to be, but they spent the time, like, trying to make it look really personal by being really personal on the phone the night before. Like, that's how bad it was. Sounds like WWE. Yeah. Which would you with highlighted on this pub before is the key to making boxing. What do you think to that line? Will you ever get to a position where you'll make something a personal attack outside of the ring if you knew that it was going to make you 50% more come fight night? You know, one half of me says, you know what I mean, that the more integral, if that's a word, uh, side of me says, you know, obviously it's all about fighting and not robbing the sport of boxing, but at the same time, you know, I mean, we got uh, we all got we all got families to feed and things like that. So I understand on both sides if someone says no, I can't do it because you know, I mean, you're you're lying to people, you're robbing the public, which actually lose, you know, boxing loses its credibility. 
But at the same time, I can see why they do it for the money. But say you and Taylin Jones, like you had a little bit of back and forth on Twitter a while yeah. back when you were discussing this potential fight. Yeah. Tay's gone on to get the title shot. Um, mm. You will have eyes on it further down the line. If he turned around and went like, oh, you're a prick anyway. Would you follow that up in the public eye or would you just go quiet and wait until fight night? I, 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 I don't know, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. It's not to say that Tay would say, say that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, like, yeah, just no, of, course, of course not. Yeah, you know, let's say, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't follow it up because I thought, oh, it's going to make us loads of money. Let's be, but I mean, if he offended me enough for me to, you know, go back at it, then I would. But you'd have to go quite a way, I think, to offend you to that level. Because exactly. you're quite a chilled exactly. individual. Yeah, I, I, don't, I personally don't care what. You'd have to find to some say. kind of yeah. button that yeah. would. would yeah, be this easy. is what I mean. Is, I mean, if, if it, and if, it, and if you did see something like that, it would be real. You know what I mean? It would be the real thing. Yeah. It wouldn't be me just going, oh, you know what? Let's let's get this. Let's make this happen. And this, it would be, be the real thing. It'd but would you to... use social media to make those fights though? So That's where everyone's going. So Just log on to yeah. Twitter and quickly on your Literally, phone, go, yeah, you know I mean? Taylor just... Jones, that win was all right, but I'd still smash your head in when we fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, well, yeah, well, yeah. Martin's, this is the sort of thing Martin wanted to say. <laughs> 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 Coronation Street with fighting. That's what he wants to see. But people love a narrative, don't they? People mm. love to follow that. And as long as it's not manufactured. Yeah, of course. This is where we're talking. This is what I'm saying when you ask me the question of would I go there? If I ever did go there, it wouldn't be manufactured. He'd have to really upset or offend me to for me to bite back. But yeah. again, it's hypothetical. But if you and Tay happened in six months' time for that title, it's completely hypothetical. But not many people in the wider boxing community even would know about it mm. because of it being a southern area level fight. Boxing fans would know about it, but it wouldn't spread outside of that. No. And mainly southern boxing fans would know about it. Yeah. But if you then sent him a tweet going, you're shit, I'm going to beat you anyway. Not that that's your views, not that anything like that. But if you did that and then people started going, oh, have you seen what Linus has tweeted or like retweeting it? Then you start to gather more interest if he fires back, if you fire back, blah, blah, blah. 50 people might buy a ticket that weren't going to buy a ticket before you sent that. So it must yeah. always be tempting to do it. Yeah, of course. But then at the same time, you know what I mean? It's all about how you represent yourself as well. Yeah. You know, because if that's all manufactured and it doesn't go the way you were planned, you know what I mean? You are you're you look a certain kind of way in the light. You look like a Hara Davis. <laughs> I think in light of what happened the other week, uh, and I don't know who these who these guys are, but the YouTube guys that uh, KSI, KSI and Joe Weller. Right. Or, uh, in light of that, I think that's been well. If boxing has a collective brain, it should be a short, sharp shock to it. Like, right, come on, get your house in order, because probably with just a bit more organisation, not necessarily transparent manufacture. There could be a better narrative set across the sport so that people can get invested in these storylines. That's where you get a lot of these tournaments that are coming up. So you've got Ultimate Box or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know if that's the right name for it. There's been announced this Something week like with uh, yeah. Ricky Hatton, Anthony Crawler, Paulie Malinaggi, and then uh, Charlie Sloth, is it? A Radio 1 DJ? I, yeah. uh, you'd have to excuse my ignorance on that, but... So they brought him in. So you bring in that entertainment fan base alongside the boxers. And they launched it up in Manchester. And like the whole launch event was you've got Charlie Sloth DJ and you've got the boxers. And then you've got like um, crossover bits. So you've got someone doing hairdressing, like celebrity hairdressers, to try and get people in 
it's taking boxing and like just slightly shifting the angle of it to try and bring in those same people that would have been at KSI versus fake Paul Weller or whoever it was. Um, it's basically blending ultra white collar boxing to some extent with celebrity boxing with actual boxing, yeah. isn't it? That's, that's so you're trying the, to you're trying to tap into that group yeah. of people because you know you've been to my white collar fights. Yeah, there are a thousand people there. Those All thousand for you. people, <laughs> <laughs> but those thousand people won't necessarily buy a ticket to Linus's fight, despite the fact that his yeah. quality is fifty times higher than what I displayed that night. I want to see their mate Den take on <laughs> yeah. big Baz. But if you can then find a way to like tap into those thousand people and somehow bring them into a York Hall fight, that's what boxing's trying to overlap into yeah. at the and moment. And what it boils down to is people will come to some be it boxing, be it music, whatever. People turn up to something they care about. And it's about finding what people care about and then finding how you can, like you say, tap into it. <laughs> yeah. If, if, like you say, if it was, if, if somehow you could get some sort of fight with like, I don't fucking know, Jay-Z versus Eminem or something like that. Can you imagine the I mean, you're in at the deep end there, mate. Yeah, like, but I know. But can you imagine the amount of millions of people would love to see that? Chris Brown and Soldier Boy are going to fight each other. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know, you're, you're, yeah. He's not can they do off. it to the death? Well, for yeah. both. <laughs> like, Whoever wins gets win executed. Fight for gets to get the home. <laughs> <laughs> I bell you, fucking <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> no, gas no, chamber. No, yeah, but um, yeah. So you know, with, with that, it, I don't, I, you know what? I don't. Does that hurt boxing or does that help? I saw there was a Hearn uh, IFL interview, like an hour's worth mm. this week, where he was saying that he's been offered the opportunity to get involved in that side of it, um, and the slimy little fuck was saying like, <laughs> "No, you know, like I, I hold the sport. I've got too much integrity." I love boxing too much to like, I love a pound note, but, and I sat thinking, you lying little bastard. Like if there was enough money on the table for him to put KSI versus Joe Weller two on the undercard of Joshua versus Klitschko, if someone said that will make you another 10 million, he'd do it. I have no doubt that he would because he's a businessman. I know no doubt that he would His do that. His integrity only goes so far. Yeah. But I doubt that's very far at all. In, que- in, the ter- in terms of the question, does it help or hinder boxing? I think ultimately it may it may dilute the skill, the, the upper skill of boxing to, to some extent. But then, as we've covered in in Goodwin uh, in the Goodwin special we did, boxing by its nature and by its business model doesn't necessarily, and I choose my words carefully here, necessarily make all of the best boxers in the youth ranks become the best boxers. Yeah. If they can't sell tickets, then they they fall apart anyway. That's what so, Kev Campion said to me once, who, you know, Steve's matchmaker that Linus knows. He said, basically, like Lionel Messi, if he was a boxer, maybe not the best example because he's the best in the world. He's a Lomachenko. But um, I'm trying to think of somebody, uh, Raheem Sterling. He's not the best in the world, but he's very, very good. He may not have necessarily been picked up by Hearn, he would have started off with, say, Steve. But look, if he couldn't sell, you know, if he was a boxing equivalent, if he couldn't sell 80 tickets at the beginning of his career consistently, he would never have made it. Yeah. And so you'd never have known of Raheem Sterling as a boxing equivalent yeah. because of that fact that they couldn't... It's the only sport where you can turn professional by signing a form. Yeah, and, and, and if you're Ravy Dave Dave, who can sell 400 tickets at the click of a finger, you'll get... Probably a lot of chances. Yeah. <laughs> because you're selling tickets. Yeah, there were some great examples, but I won't name them. So, 
so that if you extend that further up the chain and you start bringing in people in the end if you if you are someone who is um you know one day we might see Anthony Joshua versus someone who is grossly unqualified to fight him but it can bring along 20 million viewers yeah you might it might be that case and everyone who's a boxing purist will go this is a stupid fight there's no way you know it's going to be over within 3 rounds but you know when you've got Mayweather get into an octagon with with uh, as someone who has been almost a visionary in the sport, Mayweather getting to the octagon with May uh, with McGregor. with McGregor uh, <clears throat> to to then exploit that narrative further. You know, may that is that is someone who is is a is a trendsetter. He's someone who's seeing the future yep. of the sport. Although Obviously, James Tony did it first, and he went into a UFC fight, got his so, head kicked in, um, quite literally. <laughs> Uh, question for the pod. Uh, Ma, with Muhammad Ali testing positive for Trembolone, someone got their spreadsheet wrong, I assume. What would happen if the whole of GB boxing, uh, the whole of the GB boxing setup, sports science was done similar to Russian athletics? What would happen to boxing? Well, you um, lose your production line, don't you? Is, you know, Muhammad Ali, um, it was 0.2 milligrams over of Trembolone, I think, in his system. And he justified it as like, I was only 0.2 over. It's like, you're still over, you prick. Like, whether it's <laughs> only just over, like, the fact is that you've got more in your body than is natural and therefore you got pinged for it. Um, you know, if the whole, hypothetically, the whole of Team GB up at the English Institute of Sport in Sheffield, they all get done for it, then you lose that production line. The person it hurt most is Eddie Hearn. Look at where he's getting his lads from. They're all out of the GB squad. They're all from the Olympic squad. The likes of Boazia, Coley, Joshua, um, Cass Ashfak. They're all out of the GB setup. If they suddenly dispersed, then you know you, you lose a lot of talent. Right, we've finally got there. It is time to preview Eubank Groves. We are going to be there. We Just to reiterate, we have invited those of you who wish to meet up with us for a drink on that on that Saturday to meet up with us, effectively. Nobody's come back with any ideas of where to go. So, no, that's uh, true. We'll keep an eye on social media. We'll work something out. Um, question for the pods. Based purely on performances, honestly... Looking at it logically and without fanboy glasses on, other than a Frotch, Frotch Groves 1 type bullshit stoppage or a dodgy scorecard, how does Eubank possibly win? Now, I've heard Linus's take on uh, prior to the pod recording of who he thinks is going to win. So the best person to answer this is probably you, mine. Eubank wins all day yeah, long. Yeah, but how? No idea. Fucking <laughs> bullet wounds. <laughs> I don't know. Look, you can't base. If you're, if you're back in Eubank, like that I am... from quiet talking, sorry. If you're back in Eubank, like I am, you're backing it on the unknown. You can't back it up. You can't justify it with anything. You can't justify it on the fact that he hammered Arthur Abraham from pillar to post. Because Arthur Abraham was screwed that night. Like He's shot. I say that nicely enough. that He was never, he was never in with a shout of winning that. Because Eubank was too quick, too young, too athletic for him. We know what Arthur Abraham is. He was hand-picked. But for Eubank, there's so much unknown. You know, Billy Joe Saunders took him to school for seven, eight rounds before Eubank came into it. That was a different Chris Eubank than what we've got now because that was his first 12-round fight, first time that he tested the engine. Turns out that engine is incredible. Um, but is he... His unorthodoxness, if that's a word, 
Um, that's what it is now. Yeah, George Groves, I don't think has ever been in with somebody who's got that element to them. Now, does that benefit Chris Eubank Jr.? I've no idea. Because, I mean, you watch that Arthur Abraham fight. He would throw a left hand, like a wild left hand. And whereas most people would not throw it in the first place, (laughs) but if they did it, they would, like, get back into a position to cover up and, you know, hide the fact that they'd done it and try and cover their chin, cover their body. Eubank would leave himself exposed and then look for the right hand, given that he's thrown the left and his right hand's then down by his ankle almost. He'd look for the opportunity to throw from there. George Groves has never faced that, but conversely, Chris Eubank has never faced a George Groves. Mm. Somebody as big, powerful, ramrod jab. Um, you know, you're going to see that wide stance of Groves that we're all so familiar with come out from the first round, try and take the centre of the ring. You're going to see Eubank back off around the ring, I suspect. Oh, that's going to be such a good fight. Oh, man, I cannot wait. I, I cannot lo- wait. I, I loved it when he, when he beat Chudinov, when Groves beat Chudinov. That was just like, peak groves almost he proper just melted his face <laughs> and we all loved it we all loved the jabs. fact that like george groves had achieved what he's come so close to against uh frotch twice against badu jack fourth time of asking he did it and now eubank you almost feel like he's not been through that journey he's not had those difficult testing fights that groves went through but again like if you flip that argument on its head Chris Eubank Jr. is so much fresher. George Groves, people say it's like a crossover fight. It's not necessarily. Like, I don't think George Groves is a shot as some people think he is. I think there's still so much left in the tank out of George Groves. Um, he was getting caught by Chudinov coming in with the straight shots when he beat him. I think that's going to be a worry because the sheer volume of punches out of Eubank is going to overwhelm Groves. But if Groves can just jab him off, jab him off for four or five rounds, frustrate Eubank then what the hell will Eubank do? Like, he could go full... You know, he talks about his warrior code. He's going to have to fucking multiply that by 10 if that happens. But you're going for the fact that Eubank's unorthodox style will be enough. Not un- no. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Not really unorthodox? unorthodox to walk in and throw a lot of shots every single second around? A lot of people do it because a lot of people haven't got the engine to do it like he has. Yeah, and it's the angles that he comes is, from. The opponent has to stand there for you to do that successfully. Yeah. That's Nothing- just get that under perspective that we're dealing with which Billy Joe didn't do do you know what I mean like let's just who have you got Linus yeah, Groves Groves will do I've had him ever since the fight got announced I did I sit there I sat there and I thought to myself let's think about it logically let's think about it what if let's you know what I mean okay what okay Groves is boxing his head off what if you bank ain't got the power to just ping him once no he hasn't although that yield you know knockout was impressive it was impressive you, look I'm not going to go too deep into it. Yeah, it was impressive. It was pretty decent. you got to think, like, Yildrim, watching the fight back, he got caught with a lovely, lovely uppercut from Eubank where he kind of slipped out of the way of a right hand and then caught it. It was lovely. That's the first time I thought to myself, you know what, Eubank's actually improving in a sense of, I never thought he could turn attack into defense and defense into attack. And he did it. And I thought, oh, brilliant. Then he started just going all over the place. Left, right, and he missed a few. Everyone says, oh, he threw so many back. He, he hit him with two after that. Yeah. And then like one more, which knocked him out. And I think you, Groves ain't going to fall into you like that. Groves ain't going to do any of that. Groves, you think Groves is going to give him a chance to knock his head off like that? I think and you think Groves as well, he can crack. He can. Oh, no crack. doubt. He's he not a one punch crack. knockout artist, but he's, he's, he's a consistently. He systematically breaks you down. Yeah. Aren't he's they both that? No, but Eubank, when I, okay, when I say systematically, Groves, 
does it in a sense of very textbook, very, you know what I mean? Jab one, two, he hits you with, like, you know what I mean? He hits you with things you just don't see coming. Eubank hits you with a lot of stuff. I he, think doesn't, if, he doesn't hit you with anything would, on awful. He just hits you with a lot of it. If you were to break it down as like um, computer stats, like Groves would hit like power seven, volume five. Yeah. And then reverse that for you. Exactly. Like power five, volume eight, nine. Yeah. Um, and you, you got you got to look at when he... Like, I mean, you got to look at some of the fights that Eubank, uh, Eubank had in the sense of... And look at the fights that Groves had as well. Eubank, E4... Uh, Sullivan O'Sullivan yeah Spike every single time he got caught he got he, he, he was hurt he every got banged time. with that right hand as he walked so on so many one. times and I thought I don't know about this and at the same time look at look at Groves when he fought Tudinoff I don't know what you lot thought about it but I thought he was fading towards the f- fifth round and don't yeah. get me wrong I'm no, really I, happy that yeah. it did go the way it did but I maybe he was just I do remember feeling know, relieved but, when he won. Yeah, yeah, I thought, but, but I, I was wow. worried. I yeah, was worried yeah, yeah, because yeah, I yeah. thought he was fading. But then again, we're talking about, do you know I mean? We don't know what the training's been like. Every mm. fight, they're different. I mean, they're different every fight. In a sense, when I say Groves, you watch it. You watch him knock people out. Yeah. Very systematic. Very systematic. There's none of that. Wow. When he knocked Carl Froch down. Lovely, lovely one. And who who drops Carl Froch? <laughs> who puts Carl Froch on his ass? You think when you bank, and I'm sure he will, when he gets hit with a one-two, not even he won't even get hit with a jab. Like it'll be like just roll his hand, roll his hand, jab, roll his hand, roll his hand, jab. As soon as you bank goes to walk in, bang. That's you do worry for him. That right that, that right over. I, I just I just think he's gonna hurt you bank. I think he's gonna hurt you bank a lot, and you bank will get through it because he's so well conditioned. Yeah. But I think Gross is going to hurt Eubank big time. So do you I, think I, points? I, I, his, his, is, there a, is there a potential for a draw? To what? That's what I... When in, I in, in a sense of Eubank is very close with ITVs, Sauerlands, what, what would you mean? Well, I, I'm no, kind Gros of... Gross is closer to Sauerlands. Yeah, like, would, would no, mean, I mean, uh, to answer your question, no, there isn't because it's World Boxing Super Series, so you can't, can't have a draw. Oh, okay. So, right. No, you, it won't be a draw. <laughs> how does that? You can how, draw it on the cards, and then if you do, they bring in a fourth official, a ah. fourth judge. If they've got it a draw, then they start doing count back from round twelve backwards uh, until somebody. So they do it from round twelve, so that if one fighter's ahead after six, and then they just take the rest of the fight off, thinking they've won it, then round twelve is the most relevant one out. Of so it's better to pick up your pace yeah. rather than drop <clears> off. Right? Yeah, I mean, in the unlikely scenario, it's a draw and yeah, a fourth. I, I think what is, is surely I, I don't know. I, you probably it might. You know, there's a big there's a big chance of it going division, and I still think Groves will win a division, unanimous maybe majority. There's a big chance it won't go all the way on both sides. Eubank, I, Eubank might stop him. I think the uh, Groves might stop Eubank. The knows? most. The thing I look forward to the most, assuming it gets into like round eight, round nine, is I think you can assume that Groves will use his size and strength for the beginning of the fight because he's naturally, you know, the it bigger will, man by a stone. It, he will impose it. You it'll know be, what I mean? it'll I th- be I a think stone he'll... heavier on fight night. Yeah. <clears throat> so you can anticipate he'll impose himself. But when it gets later on, there's no doubt Eubank has the better engine out of the mm. two. When Groves starts to tire... Just imagine what that place is going to be like when Eubank then backs him up onto the ropes. You know, when Groves takes that round off, which he's prone to doing, mm. 
And he's but, stuck on the ropes. And if Eubank can somehow get him there and then start unleashing that lead uppercut. Mm. Th- oh, man. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. How I think, I think there's a pretty it? good chance that may happen. But at the same time, it may happen, like you said, where he's just boxing, boxing and boxing, where Eubank gets frustrated and he can't really get in and he hasn't really got a plan B because he just does not have it in his arsenal to do anything yeah. else. But that Eubank uppercut is my favourite shot in boxing. Oh, that's his best shot. Is, that's his best that shot. That is my favourite shot in world boxing. At that the is moment, his best it's shot. that repeated, like fired uppercut. And if he gets it once, he tends to get it like two, three, four times, or at least he'll he'll attempt it two, three, four times. I love watching it. Who survives a loss better out of the two of them? Eubank, because he's got more of a career left. Yeah, in yeah, in in if Groves loses, who has? I'd say Groves, but who has survived it better? I say Groves, minus the fact that he got his leg bent the other way against Frotch, yeah. but. But yeah, no, Eubank. Groves is at that point now where he doesn't need yeah, a world well, title. If he loses, then everyone will just say, yeah, you know, you, you fought someone really hard. We were backing you anyway. Yeah. I mean, if he loses, he doesn't need that world title. He can go and fight the Gale. Yeah. He can go and fight Benavidez for the world title. He can he's take. Got, he's got a lot of avenues. And he so can take you, Callum Smith at the end of this. Whatever. But, you know, if Eubank loses, then what does he do? Yeah, that's the problem. For, especially if he loses convincingly. Yeah. Then he's got and a then, real and problem. Then, and then it, what it looks like is he's lost. He's come up against two world-class fighters. Yeah. And he's lost to both of them. Yeah. That's when so, he's got so the problem. So what happens? So where, where, you know, where does he go in a sense of ITV and pay-per-view? Or what happens to his career? All that talk Even of Golovkin. Even though he's so young. All that talk of Golovkin yeah, 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 can yeah, sit I mean, on the back yeah, burner. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but what, the, who does he fight next? On the, not assumption, but on the possibility that he loses this fight yeah what happens then you, you who do you think is going to give him a shot and if he does if he loses then we have to face the fact that his best win i would say is nick blackwell for the british title arthur abraham didn't turn up he was a punch bag no, quinlan quinlan just you know, was so over. limited yeah right, um right. it's either going to be blackwell or spike and like if that's what we're talking about then actually we're not talking about a world-class boxer. We're talking no, about a British-level British boxer. Yeah, British level boxer. Uh, are they the best boxer that either boxer has come up against? No, um, Frotch no, is no, Frotch. Frotch and Jack. And Jack. I think Jack was but and a the harder Gale. fight. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it, at that time, I think yeah. they were very yeah. they were very 50-50. At that, when they fought, when DeGale and him fought, I think they, that was a very 50-50 fight. Yeah. Jack was, I think, a harder fight than Groves because I mean, uh, than Frotch because I think Frotch, uh, Groves was doing very well in both fights. Jack's one was a lot more uh, like convincing. Him. Yeah, oh. it was a lot. No, not convincing, but it was. He found it a lot harder to do what he wanted to do. And that's when opinion. he dumped Paddy Fitzpatrick after that. Then, wasn't it? it went with Shane McGuigan. But, then, mm. but kind of what I meant was, if if if. Groves loses, could you therefore say the best three fighters he's come up against he's always lost? Ooh, yeah. Good, very good question, yeah. I, I believe so, so, yeah. So, apart from we don't know how good Eubank is, but if he beats Groves, we probably do. Um, do we, but then people will go, oh, Groves is shot. Exactly. Yeah, but this is what I mean. Do we actually know until he not fight Billy... Everyone's going to call Billy Joe. Everyone's going to yeah. say, oh, you know, yeah, that's Groves though. He's been, you know, done this. He's over the hill. You know, you know, like you said it yourself, he's, you know, he's an old 28-year-old. He's an old this, yeah. you know what I mean? So you, you just beat someone that weren't really there. Given the what? winner is likely to face Callum, Callum Smith. Smith. Yeah, well, who can't really look over... Jürgen Bremer. Bremer, yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't look past him, to be fair. No, but, especially in Germany. Yeah, and plus, like, you know, you've got to say Callum Smith. Callum Smith, in my opinion, great fighter, very inactive. Yeah. And I think that may 
really play a factor into how the outcome of the Super Series goes. But say say Callum Smith wins it. Yeah. Who do you want to win then out of Groves Eubank? And uh, when I say one, I don't mean personally, I mean for boxing. Groves. Andy? And that, that's just, just like, that would make for a more, it's more calibre. That's what I mean. It's that's... more calibre to that fight. Not like Eubank, but I think Groves just brings more to the table. I think if Eubank brings more fans to the table, brings more sets of eyes to that fight. Uh, I think a more interesting question would be who who do I think because I like the World Boxing Super Series format yeah, I like the way it's who do I want to win the competition to give it most credibility yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, you know, that's a good, I good think thing. if Groves won it you could argue that a guy's gone through the hard way he's come up yeah. he's fought some he's obviously at that point he's beating Eubank he's beating Callum Smith he's like oh, this is this he, he hard fought yeah, yeah cre- and, it, the, and it has credibility that Whereas on the flip side, you may not necessarily think that, although obviously if Eubank wins it, it would have gone through Groves and then through Callum Smith. But it would bring a lot more, I would say, fans and a lot more eyes to that trophy, maybe. Maybe not the same amount of credibility. I I think Eubank probably has more of a casual following than Groves. More of a following, yeah. So so I'd suspect it may have a a wider appeal, but not necessarily as much credibility to that Mm. particular trophy. I've been at Eubank fights... Sorry, Martin. Uh, you, when you say credibility, surely the credibility comes from him beating two world-class fighters. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 hopefully that's yeah. what people do think, unless they go, well, Groves are shot. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's whether idea, the it? boxing fraternity really wants to believe in someone, generally tends to be. Like, there'll always be people that find reasons why somebody won because yeah. the ref was, that's you know, should have done this, or the boxer was, it was, it was shot or whatever. I personally would like to see my my <laughs> my heart says my heart says Eubank, but my my head says Froch. Uh, Froch, sorry, yeah, but it's Groves. coming out of nowhere. WWE stuff. <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> just just <laughs> grows for a third time. No. Money in the bank. Money in the bank. <laughs> just leave Groves piled over again. Uh, uh, <laughs> does he yeah. go on to the final if he does that? Froch. Hey, Froch, yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. Table, ladders, chairs match. But we'd love that. <laughs> Hell in a cell. <laughs> Hell in a cell. Yeah, the trophies at the top, you've got to climb out. Let's do it. I, I, oh, so you're, you're at Martin, you're back in Eubank. Eubank. And Linus, you're back in Groves. I'm going Eubank 10th round stoppage. Oof. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm putting that's my balls very, on the that's line. That's a very fair thing to say because that is a very big possibility. I'm but putting my balls time, on the I've line. I've still got Groves unanimous decision. Are you going to do the famous? Is that Welsh guy or, said? Or if, early? Or early? Yeah, early, could early, go early. early it, that's a fascination. Is that no outcome? No, no outcome will surprise right. me. But I'm just going to enjoy it and get smashed anyway. <laughs> that you will. <laughs> <laughs> there's that um, that famous story of that Welsh bloke who said, "If Wales win the Grand Slam, I'll cut my balls off." Jesus. And then he went to the when they won it, he went to the toilet. And so obviously someone had done some work and left a pair of pliers in the toilet and he <laughs> he self castrated thinking that it was part of his his dare that he'd uh, he'd put on you don't remember this? No. It was like <laughs> I don't know if it's true fairly. It could just be a, an urban myth. But, Whoa. Uh, uh, Google it now, those of you that are listening who can. Whoa. And uh, Whoa. there's that guy <laughs> who self castrated because Wales won the Grand Slam. Um How that's linked I, to you, Ben Groves, I'm not really sure. When you sure. said you're putting your balls on the line. So if Eubank doesn't win, pliers though. <laughs> Let's be clear about this. Um, 
Andy, where are you going? <sighs> Groves. Yeah? Oh, yeah and, and if Groves win, who do you think wins in the final? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about Callum Smith. He, he walks forward with his hands up and Joe Gallagher goes, woof, woof. <laughs> um, I think if Groves can beat Eubank, that's another... He should be able to Yeah, it's, it's another feather in his to cap. Fair, so I think... I think that's going to be his biggest test. No, you know what I mean? I, I, like I said, I think if Callum Smith just had more activity, I think that's the only thing that's making me think I don't think he'll do as well in this competition. But, but I do think the winner of Groves Eubank wins the whole thing. But the beauty of the competition yeah. is, though, if this is a war, if this is like a bloody horrible... Both of them take an absolute shellacking. It goes 12 rounds. They've got to go back into camp on the Monday because the mm. final's in June. Mm. And when? where is the final? Uh, in O2. I booked Ooh, a hotel O2, for is it? it? Sorry. Ah, uh, okay. <coughs> um, yeah, the date's been announced unofficially, I think. Um, but yeah, the winner of this fight has to go straight back into camp in June. Whereas if Callum Smith is as good as some people hope and say he is, then he should make light work of Jürgen Bremer. It's not to say will, but he should, if he's well, as good yeah, as he's he hoped. Should win, he should win this fight. Yeah, yeah, so he could have an easy fight against Jürgen Bremer yeah. and then go straight back into camp fairly fresh. Yeah. Whereas the winner of Groves Eubank could have gone through an absolute war of attrition and go straight back into camp like... Do you know what I mean? Like, not all there could have done with another six-week rest before starting up. What what I'd like to see is Eubank come out uh, and at some point spark Groves. And so you know, wow, he's come on a massive yeah. leap. So, because what I wouldn't like to see, what I'd, what I'd be worried about is if Eubank, Eubank has a certain limit. You said there, his, his volume is high, but his mm. power is, if Eubank's made a leap and he demonstrates that by putting Groves away, he's sort of like, Groves coming to the end of his career anyways. It's not like British boxing is hanging on his reputation. But when you look at Eubank going forward, if he can show that he's made a massive amount of progress, then you looking forward, you're thinking, this is exciting for the future of and British boxing. And we've got boxing. a superstar. Um, yeah. Plus, what, what makes you think, what makes you believe that Eubank can do, can actually do what, we think, what you think he can do? Instagram. Uh, you know what I mean? Instagram because makes you, me if think you, If, you look, at, if yeah. you look at... You know, the speed bag work. The, the level, the, the, level, <laughs> the level of people. <laughs> if you look at the level of people he's, he's fought, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but if you look at the level of people he's fought and look at his training, yeah, he trains extremely hard and extremely often. That's all he seems to be ever be doing. And um, you see that a lot of people from when you go from gym to gym and talk to certain people, a lot of, a lot of people in boxing, boxers, trainers, nobody, no, absolutely nobody wants to work with him. Nobody really? wants to spar with him. Nobody because wants to do, because he's just, a, this is not me saying, so it's apparently, Allegedly. he's very difficult. Him, the whole Eubank, they're very difficult to work with, so nobody wants to well, do in it. In terms of even organising a sparring yeah, session. Yeah, and I think that is very detrimental to his development into world level. Well, you see... Which I think will factor in a lot to how he does in this Super Series. What was a sparring session with Vladimir Belushki, um, which was the one they released recently, where Eubank's getting caught all the time by this mm. Belushki fella. And then Eubank goes on the attack. He's not doing any great damage, but again, it's high volume. It's high volume. And, it's and then Eubank Senior jumps in the middle and stops the sparring session. <laughs> Pulls Junior off him, and he's like, "No, no, no! He's had enough. He's had enough." Whereas, like this, Belusky stood there thinking, "Is he? Who's he saying he's had enough?" Belusky. 
Yeah, yeah. He's oh, saying, right. you know, don't kill him. Yeah, Julian's done enough damage. So it's clearly all for the cameras and they're going to release this footage. But when you say, you know, they're awkward, they're difficult to work with. Can you imagine being that Vladimir Belushki having this footage released of you, you not getting a pummel You probably wouldn't go back. Yeah, exactly that. But this um, is what I'm saying. You know, like Eddie Hearn, I, you, 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 I can just, I, can, I don't know how everything went. I can only say what I've seen and what I, I seem to see in the media and everything. Every both big promoters in this country, it said, is very, very hard to work with him. It's very not him, not Junior, but the whole Eubank setup has been very hard, and I can't see it being easier anywhere else. How many you got to think? Yeah, he trains with a lot of prospects, e.g., like Chris Congo and things like that. John McIntyre is that down there? Who want to be on that platform with him? But could you tell me that maybe a James DeGale, a uh, not even Billy Joe Saunders, like anyone else around that level would go, oh, you know what? I might want to be on that platform. Let me go and... So if he rang I mean? you like, up tomorrow and said, come down and spar me, I would you go? I'll ask Terry. I, I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't just do... I don't. I just, well. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. I don't... Let's say when Kevin or uh, Steve ring me, what way do you want to fight? Ask Terry. Oh, was, yeah, anything about... Ask Terry. Anything about boxing, just ask him. He knows best. Okay, so I guess that is time to wrap things up. Apologies if I didn't get to your questions. I have a few on the World Boxing Super Series, but it's still like five or six questions. We're approaching two hours. Linus has to leave us. Mine has a life, and I've got to get up at five o'clock tomorrow morning. So, Linus, give a shout out to your sponsors before we go. Right, yeah, massive shout out to um, my sponsors that actually make this happen. Um, uh, Corfit Pilates in um, Bacchusil, Essex. JFB Sports. Uh, boxing promoter Jack, Jack Blair, Blair. <laughs> um, all time removals in Luton that is um, Seawood and Sons in Luton uh, is that the electrical lot? no they're, they're a building company oh, okay they've been with me since the amateurs really good really good guys um, Advanced Roofing Solutions who handle all my medicals who actually you know what I mean make, make it okay for me to <coughs> fight so really big shout out to him Fair Steve, play. Steve Crumpler um, uh, GB Staffing, my mate Gareth Guerrieri, very uh, very good guy. Uh, shout out to his mum who just had a heart attack. God bless. Um, she's, I think she's okay though. It's just like a minor heart attack. But yeah, shout out to him. He's always uh, sorted out my kits. Very very good guy. Um, LJB Electrical Contractors, my actual employers that uh, enable me to give me all these all this time off to actually train and do all these things, which actually make a massive difference. And uh, DNI Butchers that in from Luton um, that handle oh, food. And I saw diet. that. I saw yeah. that post on. They're the best. They <laughs> are, that was quality. It's a massive difference. That it's a massive difference. If just... someone's handling all those things for you, yeah, you, just you know, know you've got an employer that's giving you the time off work, somebody that's providing your healthy food for you, mm, all that stuff. Like all those sponsors you mentioned, <clears> like brilliant, well done for supporting local boxers that are hopefully going to make you big one day and like being on that journey with them because without you guys someone like Linus can't go on and, mm. and be as successful as hopefully he will be one day yeah, you know it's very with, with boxing it's very a lot of people don't tell you that it's very expensive to do it just on your own it's, 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 it costs a lot it does cost a lot 250 of money. quid gloves 
no, no, forget, forget the gloves. Before you can even get into a ring to fight, have a professional fight, you're paying about 800 pounds for medicals. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're paying about 800 pounds for medicals. If you're going to be flamboyant and get Per kicked, year. That's, yeah, per year. It's not Which, one off. To be fair, I actually think they should have more medicals a year, but it's just But you're not paying. Not like, <laughs> <do it." laughs> but um, yeah, and then you got, you know what I mean? You, food, eating right. It's, it's The petrol it to get to training. Yeah, you train in Loughton, yeah. you live in Luton. It adds it's, up. It all adds what, up. What is a, a typical... Day if you're if you're dieting, what's a typical day's worth of food for you? Days worth of what? In like, is in what do you what what if kind? If you're in camp, what do you eat? Uh, what meals? For breakfast would be I don't know porridge with some fruit syrup and a slab of peanut butter in it with shitload of fruits. Um, snacking on almonds throughout the day and then gets about lunchtime. I have some uh, sweet potatoes with some. Mince, lean mince, and uh, some veg, some red beans, and all that stuff. <laughs> it sounds Can you imagine how hard, how uh, soul destroying you're at work and you're yeah. popping open sweet potatoes, yeah, right. and everyone else yeah, is getting good. sandwiches and crisps, yeah. and you're like, oh. especially on Friday calf days, everyone's like, let's go to the cuff. I mean, sitting here eating uh, scrambled, uh, scrambled eggs and salmon, you know, what I mean, it's oh. a piece of salmon. No, I, I do enjoy eating all these of things like you know, quinoa and all that. I really enjoy it because I know, not because of the taste, but I know what it does for me. And I know, do you know what I mean? This is the difference. Yeah. Because you can't perform eating. You can't, yeah. a de- you know what I mean? A, a sports car won't perform on regular fuel, will it? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, also like uh, one of the things, I know you mentioned them in there, but I always see that you do Pilates, which mm. is probably a lot of people think what on earth is a boxer doing Pilates for? It's associated to women, let's be honest. Like yeah. yoga, Pilates, they're not things, but that balance, that core strength, all those things that you're gaining out of it, mm. there could be little advantages over time. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that this is a, a, a it's a sport, and you know what I mean. It's a sport that requires a lot of the things that you know Pilates and yoga can give you. Not only you know what I mean your core strength that if, you know what I mean every sportsman in my opinion needs. You know what I mean yoga gets your flexibility. It, 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 yoga takes away a lot of injuries. Not as says that you have the injuries and then yoga takes it away. Yoga prevents a lot of them yeah you know, I mean, it makes you very supple yeah okay uh, any other business no can I go home yes if you wish <laughs> uh, thank you very very much for Mrs. coming sat in on the sofa for two hours bless her <laughs> she's been so patient thumbs up <laughs> thumbs up happy days thank you so much for coming in it's been a pleasure Linus my pleasure uh, it's been wonderful having you in um, and it's been brilliant that I can say any other business and there's a general no instead no, of no 15 about. minutes about, you know, Mongolian boxing or whatever, whatever. And so. best of luck Friday on the, yes. uh, the Hay Show. You'll do the business of no doubt again and in March and then on to title. in March, yeah. On to title. I'll speak much. with Steve during the week. We'll make sure it happens. Brilliant. <laughs> Once again, thank you very much and thank you very much, listeners, um, for downloading the podcast apologies once again for not reactions as you can probably well, hopefully you can appreciate we've uh, had a hands full with accommodating mr miss eudophia uh, but i certainly hope you enjoyed him on the podcast get in touch with us at new age boxing uk at the seven wolves uh, what's your give us your social media tags promote yourself linus um, what you got what should we on twitter Facebook, yeah, all the same facebook instagram and twitter is uh, linus underscore eudophia and uh, my website Check that out. You might get some stuff. Overpriced, quality stuff. Um, (laughs) One of the few boxers to have a website, and I can't stress how important that is to me, that these up-and-coming boxers do stuff like that. Because 
if I'm looking to buy, you know, somebody's paying 40 quid for a ticket, I always say to boxers, if you're going to go and spend 40 quid on a kettle, what would you do? You'd go and look on, like, Amazon to see what people's reviews of it are, and you'd yeah. go on the, the product website and look at it. So if I want to see Linus, I'll go on Box Wreckers, his review website, I'd go on his website to see about him, the product. There aren't enough boxers that invest that time and money and effort in themselves to do it. And, and you know, like, I, 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 I won't keep this, I won't make this long, but, you know, in a sense of you are a product in this, I, I first started doing clothing and all that just for me. I, only, I just wanted to wear, I, I thought to myself, what is the point of buying not, oh, fuck it, Nike, Adidas, you know, all, all those. Why promote someone yeah, else? Why, why do that when I can just buy myself for cheaper? For less, do you know what I mean? Why, why am I yeah. going to buy anyone else when I can do buy it myself? And then my website as well, like that's another avenue to sell tickets because there's a direct link. There's a whole setup through <clears> that. There's a whole inventory through that. And I get like, let's say you know when you buy a ticket, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but I, whatever. When you buy a ticket off another website, you have like a commission base or a little commission that comes out to them for posting it. And you know what I mean? The posting isn't that much, but why am I going to selling someone else selling my tickets? Why don't I just do it all myself? Yeah. Why doesn't it all just go through me? Why can't I be the base of me? Well, yeah, it, so it, that's it. you investing in you again, isn't exactly. it? That's where it boils exactly. down to. And so yourself, if fans want to invest in you to put you to, to promote you and hopefully see you go on to achieve, then it's nice for fans who care about you enough to buy a ticket to see you also hearing that you're eating properly and you enjoy it because that's the dream you want to fulfill and also knowing that you're putting time and effort into making a website getting your own clothes um sorted out so you're not wasting your time and money and other people you know promoting other people's brands or whatever you're investing in you and that's what people want to see and it's so. a brilliant write-up on your website isn't it where'd it come yeah. from <laughs> Oh, wait a you minute. What? I wrote you it and you what? fucking it stole great. it and put it on your website, you bastard. It's, it's great. That's a great write-up. I wish you got my name right then. No, <laughs> oh, what did he write then? Oh, wait a minute. He never even asked me if he can nick it and now he's complaining. I spelled his fucking name <laughs> wrong. What Unbelievable. Did write? What did he write? If you do say the name, when you look at it and you say it, it's going to be the same, but he, he took the Udofia and spelt it with a PH and I was just like... <laughs> I did it for yeah, and you know, you know what? Like, and the thing is, like, everyone looked at my website and everyone's great, but I kept on getting hearing the same thing. Your name was spelled wrong. Your name was spelled wrong. Name was spelled you wrong. could have changed it. I didn't do your website. I didn't make it at the time. I didn't make it. At the time. Now I look at it and go, it's there. Enough people have seen it. Whatever. <laughs> Unbelievable. Poor. Unbelievable. It was a great. It, Poor you, Martin. You, I'm sure you were credited, innit? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm bitter about well, that's it. That's not my fault. No, not at all. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve any credit. Got his name wrong. <laughs> Everyone, that was written by New Age Boxing Martin Fielder. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, thank you very much again for listening. And right, we are actually We're done. so many full storms. Class dismissed. Yeah.